previously on Martini John. Fresh new stuff and interesting things are going to be made by creators on YouTube and done live on Twitch by by creators there. Like that's going to be the cutting edge, and I'm super excited about that. And like that's right. like that's that's where if you want to know where the next like you know like Francis Ford Coppola and you know yeah, uh, it's there. It, I know it's there you know it's like like yeah if you want if you if you want to be on the um, uh, 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 what's her name who directed uh, uh, Mikey and Nikki and uh, New Leaf uh, Elaine like, May Elaine May if you want to know with who the new Elaine May is going to be like she's going to come from TikTok. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 68, featuring two amazing films. The first one is Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, directed by Pedro Almodovar from 1988. That is coupled with Bridesmaids, directed by Paul Feig from 2011. Two great films, really funny, definitely female-centric, which is also interesting and fun. Uh, seems like slightly slapsticky and, you know, sitcom-y in a lot of ways, but actually has a much deeper message, which we do get into. Of course, because this is Martini Giant, you guys are going to have to endure us going on to wild tangents and actually not getting to the actual films for a little bit, but we do actually get into them at depth. That's why we have to give the podcast a three-hour time slot make that happen and we do talk about bridesmaids because uh but it, you have to wait to about an hour and 40 minutes until we talk about that but we do talk about it at length as well so definitely uh stay tuned through the whole episode um if you guys uh if you, i've mentioned this a couple times uh the website has been updated yes go to martinijohn.com we've done a lot of cool things on there eric has revamped a bunch of things our gallery section has been updated as well We'll give you a little bit more information on there. One of the other things we've done is we have opened up a merch store. So if you would like to support Martini Giant, we would love your support and go ahead and buy yourself a Martini Giant t-shirt or a mug or a shower curtain or a bath towel or a beach towel or whatever. We got a bunch of stuff up there. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we would love to hear that as well as the fact that I mentioned it again a few times. We are now recording all of our podcasts in front of a quote unquote audience on Twitch. And that happens uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, pretty much every Saturday. Just a couple of exceptions. I didn't do it this last Saturday because I was out of town. But we do them every Saturday, usually at 3 p.m. And so it's just at twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant subscribe to us there and let us know uh you know be part of the conversation those are a lot of fun and when we don't do podcasts we do watch parties which is doesn't turn into a podcast but the watch parties i gotta tell you they're a lot of fun so anyway uh all right that being said please enjoy episode number 68 women on the verge of a nervous breakdown coupled with bridesmaids i'm gonna crack myself open a cold one right now a cold one what Cracked. There we are. Uh, uh, golden monkey. Yeah. Nice little gold monkey. Yeah. What's golden monkey? I do like it's a it's a it's from Victory Brewery. It's actually uh, I think that's in L.A., but it's really good. It's a Belgian style uh, triple with added oh, yeah. spice. So, yep. so uh, it's got it's a little flavory of flavors of Belgians flavor. are delicious delicious mm. much much love much yeah i probably shouldn't drink it out of the bottle probably should have a glass but i'm okay don't that. get fancy oh. on us don't yeah. be silly mm. 
I'm all drinking right. LaCroix out of the can the way it should be, like a man. Like, <laughs> all right, if you guys uh, are, are on, Dan is on the on the on the thing. Uh, Eric, if you want to join the chat, you can join the chat as well. I'm in here. Yeah, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you now. Perfect. Right. Yep. Perfect. Beautiful. There we go. Beautiful. All right. So, are we ready? Drink. Uh, drink. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is. It is, on Twitter. <laughs> it is officially three o'clock. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, we have started uh, the show. We're gonna, we have we started the show. The show. Uh, this was, uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I, I, I did have, um, I did go to the, the to the doctor to have a colonoscopy done. Um, oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Just just to share that information on um, thanks, Chris. We should promote on Thursday this for everyone. I think it's well. Hold on. There's a point to this story. There's a point to this story. So so I had the colonoscopy on 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 Thursday, and um, in order to prep for that, it's a, a pretty horrible experience where you pretty much have to empty your bowels, and they give you stuff to drink to make sure that you pretty much that have. Happens. Yeah, it's like you've had a really bad stomach bug and you have to experience that but it's voluntary which is even worse right but a yeah. horrible horrible experience do we have any volunteers uh, raise your hands yeah so i decided that i would watch <laughs> i decided that i would watch bridesmaids to accompany uh, oh that's that perfect <laughs> that's like right? a vr simulation i know so i i did that i did that and then i the, the, the story gets better and so i go into you know i'm always joking around with the nurses and stuff before a procedure just to make it you know more humorous and especially if you're going to have you know something shoved up your butt i figured uh, might as well make levity of it so they put me into the room you know just before they they put me under to give me my colonoscopy and there and i said yeah i i watched bridesmaids uh to prepare for this and they all laughed about it and this one, one nurse looks at me and this is like moments before i go down she goes you know there's a colonoscopy scene in uncut gems oh yeah it's the <laughs> yes. opening sequence <laughs> and i was terrible. like wow so so suddenly i wanted to have a conversation with this woman and then it was like i have no idea what was going on <laughs> it's like That's i right. want to tell her about martini giant oh. <laughs> Seriously. you go out so fast with the propofol mm -hmm. it's super fast you're out like 10 9 8 boom yeah. How well, often remember, do they stay now for you? What was that? When's the next time you have to go? Oh, I'm clean, so I don't have to go for 10 years. Oh, I go every two and a half years. Yeah, you do that voluntarily because you like no, the experience. No, <laughs> I, it's not voluntary. Right. I actually have to do it every two and a half years. I've been doing that for 11 years or 12 years. Yeah, man. Because I polyps. It's crazy. Yeah. And I've done what you've done, the whole process. You watch Bridesmaids also? No, but I'll do the whole thing, <laughs> but I have to double up and then I'll get there and I say, it's not right. Come back in a month. Oh my God. Oh boy. So I have to do it all over again. Oh man, this is giving it's me the worst contractions. <laughs> the drink the movie prep and all that stuff. It's oh, the yeah. worst. Dude. I'm used to it now, but it's the worst. I, I yeah. hate it because I have to double up. I have to do double two times the amount and then I'll get there and like, no, you're distended. Come back in a month. That's how it goes, man. Yeah, oh it's my a, God! It's How's like, everybody yeah, in the chat line, though? Yeah, <laughs> it's, really, more about it's really crappy, really crappy experience. So that's, not, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, brother. Well, I think that I think that um, I think that uh, we want to promote 
good health overall, especially for men over uh, a certain age. Yep. And so uh, this is uh, this is our Martini Giant chipping into that uh, chipping into that pot right there. We are we are you know it is kind of funny you know here we are uh, on Twitch you know which is a it's a it's a it's a young person's it's a young medium person's game yeah game right and and we're talking about we're we're three three guys in in our fifties. Uh, talking about movies that is a movie is a medium that Twitch people usually don't don't follow, and uh, right and and the subject uh, the sub I, I'm I'm gonna voluntarily say that we have talked about colonoscopies on Twitch longer than anyone has ever done yeah. on Twitch before. This is, this is probably it. I think we cleared That's it right. today. I think by, yeah, by I think plus that is, three seconds. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. It's nice. Yeah. So we're, uh, leading. Yeah. we're the leaders. We're, we're the leaders. Yeah. We're the leaders of that. Yeah, I think that's good. And this is a new cutting edge uh, subject matter for Twitch, and it will soon have its own um, section that you can click on. And it's uh, 50 year old men talking about colonoscopies and films. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, 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 this, and not only that, I want to also note that Jason is continuing the conversation in chat about colonoscopies. Nice. Uh, and uh, he said he was awake during the process. <laughs> but, uh, uh, for both his scuppies. Apostrophoscopies. Apostrophoscopies. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I do. I do. Because the, the, the thing they put you under is not really like fully sedated, right? You're, so I do remember like kind of dreaming or hearing people talking and then feeling like something was up my butt, but it wasn't necessarily. But no one was actually talking. Right. <laughs> yeah. So right. It was, Everything it else was... is a hallucination, but, uh, but right. uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Yep. That's right. No, they should put on like movies that like, I think they should put on movies, just movies that you wouldn't normally like. I think that's it. Just show you a movie that you're just like, this is not really, this is not really my bag. We should have shown Titanic. Then you guys would have been like, "This is amazing." I agree with you now. Right. <laughs> All I need is an enormous amount of profile, and then I'm totally on board. Oh, right, right, right. So, so you basically—that's the way to deal with the movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that why people get high during movies so that they're more enjoyable sometimes? <laughs> yeah, I think there's an entire class of movies that fits that uh, uh, fits that uh, plan, and uh, maybe that's actually an episode of an upcoming episode of uh, Martini Giant is uh, now. I'm not. I'm a substance-free person at the moment, so I'm. I'd only have to. I'd have to uh, make suggestions outside the box. I think uh, that's what was the big attraction of um, 2001 uh, in the late 60s. That's why. That's why it hits something for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Lines out the theater. I don't know what might happen to my video. San Francisco. Well, yeah, you turned into like a weird swimming pool of plaid. There you go. I'm better. Yeah. The thing that that was interesting, uh, yeah, so 2001, I definitely think it was LSD. I do remember I went to see The Cell. You remember The Cell? Who who was uh, with um, – J-Lo? J-Lo and uh, uh, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, right. So I remember uh, I I, uh, accidentally got too high – not realizing it (laughs) walked into the movie theater too late. So we had to have the front row. And so I'm in the front row watching the cell 
and oh, uh, while I was high, there was not necessarily an interesting like like it was a kind of a traumatic experience. That like, would have been watching. a pleasant experience to start with, but front mm-hmm. row where you're seeing this trapezoidal version of a horse being separated into twenty parts. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that was ride. that was definitely something. Vincent <laughs> mm-hmm. D'Onofrio being uh, strung up by hooks through his back. What were you yeah. on, Chris? Drunk? No, I was high. I'm not drunk. Mm. Yeah, it was high. Yes, that was Tarsem. That's that Tarsem. was that Tarsem. Yep. And who? What was the movie he did uh, about the? Was the girl the young girl? Fall. The fall. That one was really good. Yeah, the fall's quite great. And that that mm-hmm. was an interesting thing about the fall is that like he shot that, like he basically took lots of commercial gigs, and and yes. I, I believe like padded the budget on the commercial gigs so he could shoot a little bit of the fall on the side. And I then, have a uh, I have a story for that. Oh, hit it! Yeah. So I was working at Method at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, he was doing a, uh, an ad for the Palm Prix. Now, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. remember the Palm Prix. Actually, has a very important history in the history of uh, cell phones. Uh, the Palm Prix, when the Palm Prix came out, it was going to be the the phone that was going to break the iPhone. It was going to be like the uh, yeah, the thing, great. right? And it was a really cool phone and a really interesting thing. It actually has a long history in technology. But Tarsem did a commercial for the Palm Prix, and it does look <laughs> extremely like the fall. Like, and it makes no yeah. sense as a commercial. Right. Right. So I have a feeling that the that was one of the, and it was a very expensive commercial, yeah, very that, expensive. That was one of his, uh, that was yeah, that was one of the pad the, the budget things. Yeah, yeah. nice. Nice. I don't know if he did that uh, with the awareness from the, his uh, clients as to what was happening. But that's, that's where the money, the money went towards uh, shooting extra stuff that made up the fall. And the fall is a really beautiful film. Really yeah, cool. I, I'd, I'd urge you guys to to go on YouTube and look up like uh, uh, Palm Pre commercial, and this 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 woman, this saintly woman in this field, uh, is very strange. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of whirling dervishes in it. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I've never like Tarsem is not the greatest like storyteller, but his visuals, visuals. are just insane. Like right. he's he's like he's like a super pop new version of the, the the color of pomegranates. You know, like he's just like it's 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 very it's just a totally overwhelming, brilliant brilliant imagery all the time. Yeah, I he did also um, losing my religion because oh, I worked. Yeah, because when I worked in the office, I became friends with, sometimes I run into him in LA, but uh, Larry Fong, and Larry shot a lot of stuff for him. And I used to drive camera trucks for Larry with the guy in Hastings on Huston I talked to you about. We both Oh, did. yeah. Man, all kinds of- and, all right, um, right. But yeah, he did Losing My Religion. Um, but oh, the, the, the REM, uh, REM. That was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that was, a, yeah. You know, everyone was like, oh my God. But uh, I never really liked his films. I, I just thought well, it was the stories are very solid stories. I mean, it's not, there's not no. like it, like it's just his visuals are, are great. Like that's I like, do remember uh, I, again, I was at the same thing. I was at method and I was playing music. We had a small room where we had three people and, and I had speakers and I, I like to, I like to play music over speakers instead of headphones because I constantly, uh, you know, had to take my headphones off for meetings. And so it was a little bit different. But if we played music softly on the speakers, as long as everyone in the room was cool with what we were playing, uh, it was fine. And, you know, it was good. So anyway, I ended up playing, I decided out for one day I was going to play some classical music and I played Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And someone, and I was playing it and someone walked in and was like, oh, you're playing the soundtrack to the fall. I said, no. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. He's like, what do you mean? Correct. It's like, yeah. that was Beethoven, not The Fall. <laughs> you may know Beethoven. That's so from the, yeah. same, the same composer as the music to Seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He did a lot of Stanley Kubrick's movies, too. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Really, really talented. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they really say that? Yeah. Well, you was realize that these are all the, there's a lot of Gen X, you know, not Gen Xers, but, you know, it was an artist, millennials that just don't, they don't listen to classical that's music, don't even know I, what yeah, it is. I'm not right? anybody. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm totally illiterate for this stuff, too, as well. Also, right. I think I should probably correct myself. I believe the music in seven is uh, Claude Debussy. I'm not uh, Debussy. Right. And, and and also, uh, uh, or in, Debussy in, Fields. I'm not either one. I can't. Debussy remember. Fields is a different person. Mm, uh, the, the, uh, in, and in, uh, 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 2001 is Johann Sebastian Strauss. It is Strauss. And it's the, it is the, uh, is the, is the vault. It's the uh, uh, Hungarian Rhapsody, right? No. Yeah. Strauss is the, the man I, I dig. Yeah. Really good. What's his? Go ahead. Chris I said, you, I mean, I said, you and my mom. My mom loves I know. Strauss. That's because she's Hungarian. She's a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> you must be double jointed and Hungarian. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie, yeah. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> I love it's children. Cold in I there. love children. <laughs> it's yeah. cold in there, Eddie. <laughs> I must have my medicine. Uh, let's <laughs> now. We're not, now, our movie today Bella, is not Bella, don't one, it is not Edward. Our movies today are uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown by uh, Pedro Almedovar uh, and mm-hmm. Bridesmaids uh, by uh, Kevin Feige. Feige? Feige. I yeah, think it's Feige. Actually, I had to say his name out loud, but yeah, Kevin Feige. Uh, there we are. And uh, I have to say, mm-hmm. this was an even better combination than I suspected it was. Yeah, oh, I, it's interesting. I didn't know I was going to. Huh. Yeah. Did you? What, what What did you think of the combination, Eric? I think I came up with the combo, didn't I? <laughs> no, I believe that was my idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. You came up. You came up with uh, with uh, a metaphor, uh, a metaphor, and then, and then we talked to a bunch of movies and talked "Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown," and I said, right. "Okay, well, that's a great film." What can we pair it with? And, and we had this thing where, like, you know, uh, this is the behind Dan, the scenes you, you stuff. The, well, we would pair it with a, fo- a popular film and trick people into watching a film that they right. should and be then watching. I said Bridesmaids. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I said Bridesmaids. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to rule with Eric. And I, say, I think he also said Bridesmaids, but it did operate along the same lines that you're describing, Chris. That was our yes. process. That's true. That, that is, is our process. True. And it's, uh, anyway, it, mm, so it's interesting. Uh, uh, we have been watching. Uh, some uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy movies because uh, suddenly Brady has figured out she, that uh, Melissa McCarthy is one of his favorite actors in movies. Was uh, he a Gilmore Girls fan prior to uh, this revelation? He, no, he, I don't think he's ever seen Gilmore Girls. Oh, she's uh, she's great on Gilmore Girls. Okay, so but, but, but she he he absolutely adores uh, what she does, and she's she's done some okay movies uh, more recently, hmm. um, uh, but. But the stuff that she like heat is or the heat is the heat. really really funny, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, we also watched. Uh, oh, oh! If you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, that's up there. And what else did we? Oh, uh, uh, Spy is also pretty hilarious. Right, so, I heard that was good. 
Yeah, the, the, these are mostly like you know, gaggy comedies, right? They're they're funny, but she's 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 amazing in them. So, uh, well, I think really. that both her and Kristen Wiig, who's the star of Bridesmaids, uh, oh like, yeah, they both hit like a sort of slew of movies that all seemed very similar to me, and I sort of tuned out on watching their work for a little mm-hmm. while. Uh, huh. And so, like, whether or not they're good movies or not, like, I just felt like you know, it's like. Uh, McCarthy movies like came fast and furious for a bit, and I was like, I don't know, is this the one where she is the you know like? I'd be like, I they, they all just sort of like they all blurred together, so I didn't end up seeing any of them, right. um, which is too bad because like I'm I know I'm sure there's standouts in that, and also like it like like she's so incredibly good, both of them are so incredibly good in Bridesmaids that like it's right. it's too bad that they got kind of repackaged outside of that. Like they're they're just geniuses in Bridesmaids, they're incredible work. Yeah. Oh it's it, the best. It, it, it's it so, was, yeah. You forget how brilliant they are. They are very brilliant. Just, it's a I, really I, go ahead. Go I, ahead. Finish I'm sorry. To, I, I just feel like Dan, you of course say insightful stuff. They did somehow after that brilliance, both Wig and her repackaged themselves as like what happened? Why did they right. choose right. some of those things? Because they literally were geniuses. Yeah, and 2011, 2012, and all of a sudden, it's like I don't know what they chose. I, yeah. I can't understand. They drop that. off the radar a little bit. I mean, I think they're still, you know, they're still obviously, they're, doing stuff, you know, but they've uh, so so so. Uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy has been doing more films with her husband as director, right? Yeah, right. and her he's, husband, uh, who, who plays the air, Mar- yeah. he plays the air marshal in right. Bridesmaids. Uh, That's her um, husband in real life. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 And he's all if so. Kevin Feige did a bunch of films with Melissa McCarthy, right? So he did The Heat and he did uh, uh, Spy and a bunch of things. Right. And her husband always plays some kind of a cameo. And this one, he actually plays a bigger role, right? Because he's a little bit more in that. But he always play. He's always part of it and always trying to hit on her. And she's always it's a you know, really awkward way. Really awkward way. And you realize that the two of them are married, and it's yeah. just makes it even funnier when you realize that so yeah. it's well that's that's like megan mullally and um oh God, uh what's his name Play, uh, plays ron swanson on um uh, parks and recreation he's hysterical i can't think of the actor's name but i didn't know that they were married and now i'm now i'm just like oh this makes total sense <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh um uh, 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 uh what's his name oh he's no, terrific what? i don't know why I'm, i can't uh, take his name and he's... we saw him we saw him live at paso robles believe it or not no no kidding uh, was he funny? Yeah, yeah yeah pretty funny yeah especially because the, the <laughs> thing that's really funny about him is that he's a super hippie guy right Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's the opposite right. of Ron Swanson in real life, and yeah. that's the thing that's so funny. So many people went to go see him who are super conservative and super. Oh yeah, the oh, no. that's funny. Nick Offerman, thank you, Alan. Nice. Uh, you and, and and uh, and uh, <laughs> they thought that he's going to be like super like libertarian, and he's like, no, no. <laughs> that's song. He does a song. Is like I'm not Ron Swanson. Like that's his song. Like one of the songs he sings, and. It's pretty funny. Oh man! The, uh, and we saw she was sitting next to us on the show, kind of, kind of like you know, maybe a ten rows down from us. But it was pretty funny. There, yeah. there, you know, like Nick Offerman. Oh, there is a music video that he is in that is so hysterical uh, that I forgot what band it's for. But 
it's just him drinking an enormous amount of beer and pissing on everything. Right. <laughs> like, uh, that's totally the entire video. <laughs> and it's so yeah. funny. It's just, it's miraculous. Like, I, I think that guy is insanely, uh, like, insanely talented and absolutely free of worry about how he appears and that's like my that is my uh that is my uh my that's a heroic thing to me i think it's tremendous now uh i want to make sure so dan's video has gone kind of a kasplooey but hopefully his audio is still working uh, everyone can, uh, can still hear me if everyone can still hear uh, Sorry to constantly uh you guys qc but uh, <laughs> i appreciate it if you guys can can let us know that uh, so just give us a thumbs up or something on the in the chat uh but yes yeah, ron, ron swanson yeah okay uh ron swanson uh also did a hilarious um video uh, that i think in reality is about 45 minutes mm -hmm. uh and it was for because he was the spokesperson for uh Lagavulin believe it or not yes the scotch <laughs> drinking video yes so he is in a leather <laughs> chair drinking lagavulin for 45 minutes and not actually saying a word yeah, just perfect drinking perfect. and then he pours himself another scotch and then he drinks and then he does another scotch and that's, and that's, that's really genius. funny that's and he lovely. did it as a as a as a uh, uh performance piece during a uh chicago hockey game where he or you know, he made himself like gold statue. I, th I think he did like a gold statue and sat in a chair and drank Lagavulin. Oh man! As people were walking into the stadium. So what is Lagavulin? That is it's the a, finest damn scotch in the world. If you like something like, peaty, it's it's the peatiest. <laughs> it is it's something like peat monster. It's like peat yeah, peat peat. But it's it is delicious. a very it is a very smoky whiskey, and I I I don't I'm not as big a peat fan as as that. I do like peaty things sometimes. Like I'll uh, like um, uh, uh, Talisker is fairly yeah, peaty, but somehow. But I, I like the flavor of that. I don't like the flavor of well, Lagavulin is, uh, and I'm not, I'm not a drinker, but uh, no longer a drinker anyway. The, um, uh, but Lagavulin was my 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 very favorite thing, and it is much like if you took I don't know, say wood chips, a carton of cigarettes, and nail polish, Yummy. and put them in a blender, mm -hmm. and uh, and put a nice label on it. That's that's where you're at with Lagavulin. So mm -hmm. if you're if you're into what I'm describing. It really hits the button. I'm just saying. I wouldn't say cigarettes. I would say more like a cigar. Maybe a cigar. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cigar. Yeah. So let's make we'll class up a little bit there. Yeah. And burnt yeah. wood chips. That's that's where it's at. Definitely burnt wood chips. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, really yeah. something. And more of an oak, oak flavored burnt wood, burnt oak. Uh, yes. That sure. sounds horrible. Yeah, mm, most people would agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah, but if you like PD, then it's it is your jam for it's sure. Holy grail, for sure, for sure. But yeah, no, Offerman, uh, Offerman is because uh, I have you know I uh, like I I think that people connect my look to the uh, the, the Nick Offerman, Offerman brand, the Offerman brand, mm -hmm. and uh, I could and, see that. And so I was sent uh, uh. an enormous <laughs> amount of uh, Offerman material, and so like I I got to know Nick Offerman. I got to know uh, his uh, his Parks and Recreation character before I even saw Parks and oh, Recreation. Yeah. I just like just people would send me clip show stuff of of that, and then it's just yeah stuck with me forever when, yeah, when he's, he, he's quite special when he said there's a there's an episode where like there's a cult that thinks that uh, the end of the world is coming and oh, uh, yeah, they're yeah. gonna play a flute they have to play flutes to to bring them whatever the aliens down to go pick them up and offerman just starts 
making flutes in his woodshop to profit off of these people. And uh, right. he doesn't believe in any of it. But it's him and uh, main character sitting, uh, watching this event about to happen, this non-event about to happen. And she's like, she says, listen, can I tell you something personal? And he goes, well, normally I would say no. But seeing ah. as though it's the end of the world, also no. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I actually, I actually heard him on the Nerdist podcast, and he was delightful, like absolutely delightful. Yeah. And and he he has great advice. And the other thing that's really sort of completely disarming about him is because he has a deep voice and talks in like you were just talking about asmr before that he mm. has the male asmr kind of yeah absolutely the way it's 100 asmr yeah, voice and the way he talks and describes things in a very clean like he, every thought he has is like a complete sentence right he's com- constructed the sentence make sure it works and then and delivers then the smoothly sentence. smoothly exits the list yes. <laughs> exactly right exactly and then what he does what's amazing about him is because he has that voice his laugh have you heard his laugh because his laugh is the but completely yeah, doesn't compl- fit. It, yeah, exactly. It's totally, it's like clip art. It goes, it goes like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like choking himself on that. Yeah. Like, he like, sounds like a squeaky toy. It's like, right. this makes no sense. It is yeah. the best. It is. No, best. that's gold. That's pure gold. Yeah. I guess him and his wife, uh, Megan Mullally from, um, uh, gosh, Will and Grace. Will and Grace. <laughs> a uh, bunch of things. Like, She's got they, a bunch of things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like uh, they did, uh, like their last, uh, they did a, uh, a tour, like a, a uh-huh. stage tour together that was basically about their sex lives in this big sex positive oh, show. Yes. That's like right on. That's fucking great. Like, like that's like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, like simply doesn't happen. And, uh, and to be, to use your, like you're saying, like having all these conservatives come to your show and then you deliver them this, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> God bless government. Yeah. Well, he did a video with her. I forgot what it was, it was something with her that he was doing and it, it was the two of them. And she was shoving things up his ass as was in the video. It was pretty no, much pretty, really kind of insane because I think that's guys. what they love. I mean, they, they love, and Oh, Oh, I have to say, um, he also is a, a fantastic, uh, uh, wood. He has a woodworking shop. Oh yeah, actually. Uh, and yeah, they had a show on, uh, yep. with, um, also from parks and recreation, yep. uh, uh, that doing like woodshop stuff. And woodshop. And so Karen got me a, 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 a card, that was made at his uh, woodshop. Oh, that's our anniversary. Yeah, man, Karen oh. gets you some good gifts. She does. She, she, is, she has really, great taste. Great taste. She does. She does. She does do that for sure. Yeah. Because like, I also may and may I talk about your birthday present? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was. I think we. I don't know if we mentioned it on the show. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Uh, she got you through cameo, Gilbert yep. Gottfried, yep. saying happy birthday. Yep. <laughs> like and, and her, her point yeah, well, what she did was she made it better she says uh you know i guess you can put a few notes about what you want and she knows how much i like uh gilbert Gottfried's jokes like the way he tells a joke mm-hmm. and uh his jokes are very dirty oh, like yeah, really yeah. very Old very school, dirty like and real so, yeah. apparently when she put Fresh the notes for what she wanted she says he loves fly fishing and he loves your extremely dirty jokes. <laughs> and God that's basically you. the notes she had. And he yeah. delivered 
a hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Chris, Christopher Nichols. I hear you like fly fishing. That's when you dig into someone's fly and suck on his cock. <laughs> like, yeah, like, boom! Yeah, no, that's it's like right off the bat like, was a cameo. I was like, yeah, oh my god! I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> immediately delivering. Immediately delivering. Good. So you got your cameos worth on that cameo. It's oh like, my god! And it probably was like ass. fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. That's crazy. I mean, like, I started surfing through Cameo to see, I'm just like, who, who's on here that I would like to give a birthday present to myself? Yes. <laughs> who from mm-hmm. the cast of Supernatural is available from Cameo to get to tell me happy birthday today? Yeah. Fine, fine plan. Yeah. Who would yeah, you, yeah. who would you pick from Cameo? They have or- it. Mike, Mike, Mike Ditka. Mike I'm, Ditka. I'm on Cameo's website right now. Or Kenny G. Mm. Oh, nice. Kelly. Yeah. sounds. No, here uh, it is. Nice. I'll do it. Aaron Andrews, TV host and sportscaster. There you go. That's pretty good. There's a lot of reality TV shows. David Hasselhoff. People. David Hasselhoff. You got the, the Hoff? Oh, the yeah. And Danielle Panabaker. Danielle Panabaker. 75 bucks. I'll do that. How much is the Hoff? Yeah. The Hoff? Hoff must be running 250. We've got to do that for a promo. That's four ninety nine. There you go. Same. Oh, exactly. Mm, we did okay. that. That guy must be cleaning up. Good the Hoff? If you paid Hoff to do an ad for Martini Giant? Oh, my God. Off if you're can, we that, can we do that on yes. cameo? If I, I, I don't know if you can, can I don't know, uh, like that depends about the rights you get. I'm saying yes and video, roll yeah. in with it. We gotta get the Hoff, man. That's too good. That's too good. I that guy. Gilbert Gottfried to say something. <laughs> I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> I got good news. And I got bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, uh, the, the, the joke he said it's like a guy goes to the, this is the joke he said on my cameo. It's like a guy goes to the doctor. He said, and the, and the guy and the doctor says, "I got good news and I got bad news." And he goes, well, "What's the bad news? Is you've only got three weeks to live." Well, what's the good news? The good news is last night I fucked my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. So we're trying to get all of the most offensive stuff out of Martini Giant today. My, my things that yep. will make you the most uncomfortable. This is the episode for that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we wait, come on. Not specifically women on the reverse breakdown, but Bridesmaids definitely had the the offensive factor up there. Yes, yeah. it is very much in the theme. Wow. The theme. You yep. could do Leela Slickar. He's that bassist, man. He's a great studio bassist. I cannot believe he's here. This you is, can get all these. We have we have caused a problem, for Eric. He's going to yeah, spend now, all this now money now. He's going to spend all his money on cameos for himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> week in, week out. My God. <laughs> like, have you, you can't heard spend all bitcoins on cameos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Put, convert all my ether to this. Yeah, to, to Gottfried's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. It's actually a good way to also just see what kind of um, musicians are out there and talent. Mm. You know what I mean? It's almost like a casting thing too. It's like, wow, who's this guy? You know? Oh, you could do Alice Cooper. Oh, there you go. See? There you go. Yep. There's lots of handy ones. No novelists though. Sadly, no novelists. Yeah. Mary Angelo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever. Why can't we get the, we can't, we need uh, John Updike in there. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, he's dead, so you, you we're still waiting. Speaking of Thanks for the payment. We're rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, yes, this Jason. Rabbit run. Okay, okay. Let's talk about these films. <laughs> you know, they, those, these films, obviously, the you know the common theme is 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 this is very female centric, which I think is mm-hmm. good. That either you guys feel a little bit weird that it's like three guys over 
50 talking about female-centric films. <laughs> no, not today. No. No, I do not feel okay. bad about that day. I, I think, think you're I think a little it's... too sensitive, Chris, and I'm going to really go on the limb and say that. And well, I'm, it's my feminine when I, <laughs> No, I, I don't think you should be sensitive, but I, I think... Well, uh, first I of all, I appreciated both these movies, and I thought it was awesome. Oh, they're great. I yeah. love... I can't tell you how much I love Almodovar films. And there, I was thinking about the one about the glitter and that I had to look it up, but I used to live date and live with this girl. She was Puerto Rican and she introduced me to all those films in the eighties, late eighties. I can't tell you how brilliant they are. They still hold up. And it, I was really trying to great. tell my daughter, it's like Wes Anderson before Wes Anderson. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this. There's, and uh, it's just like, wow, because there was a big gap. I'll be honest about 15 years before I've last seen his films. And then I watched mm. the skin one. I started watching it. Yeah. Just, under my skin. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, skin I live in, yeah. What's it called? What's it called again? The skin I live in. Skin, skin I live in. I've not seen that one. one yet, but I know the, uh, I know but, that. but, yeah. But the early stuff is so vibrant and like the way some of those shots, do you remember in the movie where they were doing the voiceovers and there was above and you could yeah. see the smoke that, I mean, there were some shots in there. Just They're like beautiful. paintings, yeah. like yeah. paintings. Well, and, I and his production design in general, like his color control and production design is just out of control. Is this that was 1985, 88, 87, they shot it. That's yeah. it's genius. Yeah. And featuring really a, I think, seven-year-old Antonio Banderas. You know who he reminds me of? First, yeah, he is very young. He looks like he's Crazy. about 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what he reminded me of a little bit? He reminded me of um, Robert Downey Jr. in Weird Science. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good spot. You yeah. never, you never, like, he oh. looked a little bit like Robert Downey Jr. in Rio Science yeah, was, was very he was young. Of a type. He was of a type back then. Yeah, he was yeah. the uh, he was the, the, the Spanish the tall, hair, to, um, the, tall hair, the big shoulders, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the style. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that very Tiger Beat look. I don't yep. know anything about Tiger Beat except tiger to make jokes look, about that, it. That's a good yeah, way of putting look. it. It's a Tiger. Can we beat also look. just quickly talk about um, Robert Downey Jr. in Soap Dish? <laughs> I haven't thought of that. In That's a, long a different time. Yeah. film. Yeah. Okay, I know. But just talk about the genius of that. Oh yeah, no, he's wonderful. It's I think just... that I think that I want down, Robert Downey Jr. to come back down to playing Robert Downey Jr. roles. Like I'm glad that yeah. he has, he's made billions with Marvel. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, prior to he has that, a farm now. He is like that guy is a genius comic actor, like yep. nobody's business, and a great actor just as a great actor. Um, but like the last truly uh, great thing he played was in Zodiac, and he is yes. phenomenal in Zodiac. You're and, lingering. Uh, you're lingering. I, yeah, yeah, but yeah, lingering, lingering. Yeah, exactly. Lingering. Exactly. And like he's yeah, he's a genius in that. And uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And Love then. That. Uh, and then he <laughs> then he just hops on the Marvel train, which I absolutely understand. Uh, but now you see him trying to get I back. Think he, by, I think he was, uh, you know, the Marvel train was very interesting because I don't really, I don't think people really expected Iron Man to be a huge film. You know, it's gonna like, be a mo it was gonna be a modest film. That's yeah, so I was like, we'll do that. We'll do Robert Downey Jr. because we probably got him. They probably got him cheap. Oh yeah, right? oh brother, yeah, sure, sure. Right. He was, like, he was like, nobody. He was nobody at that point. Great, and then his his role model, by the way, was Elon Musk for that. Yeah, which makes, was weird. Sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, like asshole, yep. like engineer guy, right? Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, and, and he's and he's and he's terrific in those movies. I think he's like he really he really delivered the character. It's great, great work. I mm -hmm. hope that he's not remembered solely for that. 
Like, I think that he's great as Iron Man, Tony Stark. I think that he makes those movies roll incredibly well. Less, less than but, zero is... Less than zero. Yeah, exactly. Like, that dude... Like, he he lived a tripled lifestyle, for sure. But, but he was in serious... Like, he had some serious problems, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Crazy, crazy yeah. bad. <laughs> crazy bad. Yeah. Like, publicity problems, drug problems, everything going wrong with that guy. But he was... Yeah, like, he was... Uh, he was well on the way towards being like one of the great remembered actors. Um, and I hope he's still on that trend. Like, cause right now, but he's sort of in the James Bond spot where it's just like actors forever trying to fight their way out of being James Bond once they've been James Bond. And right. now he is, he is Tony Stark forever. He's like Spock, you know, it's just like, Oh yeah. Spock has an actor's name attached to him, but I'm not really sure what it is. I know Spock. Right. And, uh, and, and I'd rather be, I'd rather him be member, remembered for uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Like that's, that's gold. I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, believe it or not. I think it was too much. It was too it was too inside Hollywood. You know, I mean it was inside Hollywood. It was was a writer's writer's movie. It yep. was, yeah. And I it basically, their, it's, their it's, team it's, of it's, him and Kilmer are unbelievable. Yeah, genius. It's like, that, how many like, bullets are left? Are you good at math? Yeah. It's like that, like, <laughs> they, they could have made 10 more movies together. You can make it, you can make a good inside Hollywood comedy. Like, I feel that, for example, uh, 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 Get Shorty is a better oh, way of executing no. a inside Hollywood film because it still allows outsiders to look in. If anyone outside of Hollywood looks at kiss, kiss, bang, bang, it's not that funny because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's totally inside baseball for, for sure. For sure. Right. And so to me, it's like you missed an opportunity. Right. And somehow if you, if you can do it, it would be, you know, like for example, the same thing, like Seinfeld is very much about New York. But right. somehow everyone in the world seems to appreciate. Everyone identifies about, with the, the right. Yeah, and sure. I had the same thing with King of the Hill. King of the Hill was very much about Texas, but mm-hmm. somehow everyone seems to think it, you know, make it work somehow. Let's go to Hill Bobby. He's fat. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. it's incredible. Absolutely good stuff. But yeah, but, no, I uh, think that like the, you're right the, with the comparison to a uh, to a young, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Antonio Banderas. Lo- like, young Antonio. When Banderas. he walked on screen, I had not seen this in quite some time, and I was just was like. like he oh is a child. God, he's a little baby. It's a little baby. A baby. Yep. He is a definitely yeah. a little baby. But yeah, that, uh, that movie. Uh, but he's the, really good in it too. Yeah, That's the other thing because because right. I hadn't seen his it. Comedic I hadn't seen it before, yeah. and I watched it and I was like, he is. For I thought he was going to be a second. His timing was great. And Fantastic. he's like, if you if for anyone who likes this movie, he's in literally almost every other <laughs> film. Like they were, they were together yeah. a billion times. Uh, and yeah. it's he was in the other they, one that I was talking about. He, uh, live in, yeah, and he's in. Um, no, no, he's the first one. And it oh is, yeah, yeah, it, right. It's the one about the when I remember I was mentioning. Oh, there's one where he's at the tape. He puts the tape in at the end, and he's singing yeah. with Victoria Abril. Yeah, that's the, that's shh, Labyrinth of Passion. Labyrinth of Passion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, it's not. It's um. What's well, it's, it's one with the, um, down? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the one. I and mean, what is the one with the? Oh golly, I can't even remember now. I watched like I watch all those movies. The one, one big shot. That Matador. That Matador. Women on the Verge. Yeah. What's the one? Well, anyway, we we know. Well, anyway, it's like this. Almedovar's uh, relationship with uh, Banderas. High or, heels. Or, grows high heels. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Uh, it grows over time. I have not seen his latest one with him, uh, but it looks really great. And now, you know, Banderas is, you know, is 
much older. Like he's gray, gray bearded old dude. And uh, right. he really becomes like, he is uh, sort of um, uh, Johnny Depp is to Tim Burton, you know, like he becomes like, you know, a matter of our sort of like authorial representation in, in his own movies. Uh, but to see him just sort of show up as this, as this uh, little skinny kid, uh, was such a nice so surprise because I completely, I just completely forgotten about it. Really uh, and then the tone, like what's really amazing about this movie, I don't know. They like, I shouldn't talk about it too much. This is the first time you saw it, Chris. Yeah. Okay. What did you, by think the way, it? by the way, just before you start, my family thinks we've I'm already started there. literally <laughs> what before we started. started rolling. We're rolling. No, 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 we were 42 uh, minutes in. Eric. <laughs> what I'm saying is they, I was explaining to them, like I actually, in the eighties, I thought, uh, Rosita Palma mm-hmm. was, I thought she was beautiful back then. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you're out of your mind. My family's like, what? That's the craziest thing in the world. And I actually thought she was so beautiful. There's, she's like a painting. Yeah. Absolutely. Very ang- yeah. She's like a, like a, a Goya painting or yeah, she's really yeah. stunning. Yeah. Like that. Like you All the women were unique, so distinctive. Absolutely yeah. unique looking person for sure. Like as all of them were just beautiful. Yeah, I like love this. the way he's sneaking kisses to the yeah. other woman because Rosa was like asleep. Yeah, she so like, can't hold back. So, like, can't once hold she back. passes out, like that's like that's when the movie really gets going. When she drinks the gazpacho and then she's just fucking out yeah. for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like that, that's oh, so my good. favorite favorite gag in the movie. It was just like, well, wow, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, <"Holy> shit. <laughs> yeah, you missed a lot, my friend. You missed a lot. Do you like the way though? And I know we have to talk about the what the film's about, but like you would have these normal exteriors. By the way, some really beautiful shot exteriors. Then right. her apartment was this the soundstage. It's not, it's like, look par- the balcony. It's a soundstage. Well, yeah, and it's all sharp blue. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's okay, so 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 here's my, here's here's my. I've got several. Welcome back to the ADD. Yeah, this is your podcast. first yeah. first response. Here, here, here's here's a, lots of thoughts on this. So let's let's talk about it really quickly. This is a story about in in it takes place in Spain and it is about the stars and i know this for a fact the stars that dub movies right the yes. voices that dub movies because they're actually a, stars because they are identified with those famous actors with those famous country. actors right and so they they one person will dub a whole lot of movies and that voice becomes very recognizable like any other voice actor and i actually have a story behind this before i even get into it i'm going to add it's also you, this is based on a jean cocteau play right and true? yes and, yeah, and, it's called the human voice from 1930. Okay, so so uh, the people that dub voices in Spain are very famous, right? And I know this for a fact because I spoke to uh, 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 Marcos uh, Fajero, who is the guy who invented Arnold, the Arnold yeah. render, right? And uh, and he was telling me a story about how when he was in Spain, he would watch Arnold Schwarzenegger films. And it was dubbed by this very famous actor, which basically when I saw the opening of this movie, I was like, I, all I could think of was that thing, that thing, right. because it's basically you're, t- you're, you're, you're introduced into the world where these voice actors uh, or, or, or dub actors that they're seen as stars and people love them. Right. Mm-hmm. Specifically the older man in this situation. Right. And he's got a velvet voice that's very beautiful, right? Et cetera, et cetera. But Marcos was telling me that the guy who dubs Arnold Schwarzenegger films in Spain had a beautiful voice and it was well known, right? So Arnold Schwarzenegger films, they would watch him and this guy would dub the voices, right? 
And then he came to the United States and there was a movie, I think it was like, you know, Total Recall or something of that nature. And he was going to watch the film with a bunch of friends. And he saw for the very first time, Arnold actually playing like doing his own voice, like the actual Arnold voice. And he was <laughs> right. like, what the fuck is what, that? What is this? Because <laughs> it it, like, it's a horrible voice, right? Like, it's, it's like you know, you go from this Austrian velvet, voice. Velvet, you go from this velvet voice, <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> Latin lover voice to Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. It is very jarring, and it completely right. took him by surprise, right? right? right, right, right. Which then... Basically, everyone was laughing at Marcos for like being shocked by the voice, and they kept using Arnold's voice at him to mock him, to mock Marcos. At which point, right? And then uh, Andy, uh, uh, Andy, oh god, what's his last name? Um, he, unfortunately, he passed away, but uh, Lesniak, which guy, Andy Who? Lesniak. Andy Lesniak, he passed away. He's a fantastic artist, but it was talking to Marcos. Who was and, doing, uh, uh, do I know that guy? I don't you might he was a DD for a little bit, but he was in commercials. You probably didn't know him then. He was at Method and at Creole and a bunch of places. But uh yeah, he he passed away uh, maybe about five years ago, six years ago. I do uh, not know. I think I okay, anyway. I anyways, think I knew him. You, you might you may have. He knew a lot of he was at Scanline as well. Um but anyway, uh, Andy Andy uh, kept saying like, "Oh, you're rich, sir. It's so awesome. It's so tough. It's so good. You should call it Arnold." Arnold. <laughs> and so he kept making fun. And so that's what inspired the name Arnold for the Arnold renderer. Oh, that's uh, that's and great. it came from specifically him being completely taken aback by the actual voice of the real actor because he was so enamored by the voice of the Spanish the voice actor voice actors. That's very funny. Uh, so I thought when I saw, when I first saw this film, I was like, yes, yes. So if you guys want to hear that, the, the proper story told by Marcos, go listen to CG garage and look up the Marcos Fajero episode, uh, uh, which was pretty awesome. But, um, but anyway, so the story is this guy who's very charming, Great opening sequence, by the way. Mm -hmm. He walks around black and white film with this perfect, you know, radio microphone in front of him. Speaking to the mic, talking speaking to the girl. into the mic, just yes. like this. That's doing the voice. Oh, I've always yeah. loved you. I've always <laughs> loved you. And he has something to say to every like a one liner for every woman. He walks that, by a hallway full I mean, an outdoor right. uh, you know, sort of uh, plaza full of women, and just about one after the other, and he's just saying one one liners to every single one. And, and it's everything, and some of them are a little bit and most of them are fairly insulting by today's right. standard, but in the film they all get oh, swooned right. by him, right? right? Because of his voice and, and the way he is. So it was kind of interesting. Um anyway. Uh, turns out that another voice actor, uh, woman, uh, is in love with him. In love with him? Yes, in love with him. But she's yeah. a lover. I guess she's a lover, right? Yeah. It's like, she's having an affair because he, he, is, he is technically married and he's right. older, right? And she is uh, depressed and taking too many sleeping pills and going through basically a nervous breakdown of some right. kind. He breaks up with her. And he breaks up with her. This sends her into a tailspin. And then it turns into, it turns into a play. It really is a play. You're right, Eric. This is a play because the way it's filmed, you know, the, her apartment looks like a stage. 
uh, it's it's very much a play in a lot of ways. But I thought that decision to shoot all the exteriors, but I know they had to shoot a lot of scene in the apartment, but the way right. they kept it artificial right. in like such the, a high contrast that, way, it was almost like that was imaginary world of her. The opening shot, the very opening shot is, is a like clearly is a model. That's and right. it's like, oh, here's yeah. an apartment. is like, but that, no, that's clearly like, it's right. the worst model ever. Yeah, it's like this weird sort of poor so plastic cool. looking, you know, kids. kids know. Works, but then you see it again mm-hmm. as an actual model as in actual context. It's not like they didn't. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, wait, is this the plate? Wait, what's happening? Yeah. I think that, like, yeah. What's really brilliant about the, about the, like that particular move, like, is the artificiality of the presentation in general, like this sort of hyper colors that he's choosing, like all these very, it's not, it's not an intense color movie, Even but it's the a props, very controlled. The blender, color. everything, all right. the colors. Everything is like, everything is like very vivid, pastels, and all this it. stuff, yeah. right? And it's all very controlled, very precise, in a very sort of, like you said, Wes Anderson-y sort of way. Um, and, uh, but what it really makes me think of, and then, and then, and then the plot line is essentially a sitcom. Like it's intentionally yeah, it's, very. It's, it's it's yeah. It's it's you know three's company type. Yeah, it's like it's like it's the the movie is is the is the best acted, most emotionally true, best performance version of a totally ridiculous sitcom plot that can be contrived with as many coincidences as possible. But it is campy. It is, campy is the day. There's a gay campy. I th- for me, it's it reminds me a lot of. Um, Waters. Well, yeah. And honestly, I remember like going back and looking at that film from 87. I actually, I spent time in 90 in Spain, but I lived in Spain the summer of 83 uh, as a student. And I just remember like the vibrant colors, like the cab, yeah. the, fu- the elevators. I saw yep. the elevators. I was like, oh my God, I remember elevators like that. And just the women and way the, the posters on the wall. And it just was like, it's very, it also reminds me of like a lot of like Mark Almond. I love Mark Almond's music. Mm-hmm. He was in Soft Cell and then he went solo, but he was yes. very like um, a gay icon at that time in terms of right. like music. But Almodovar is, it's really, it's, it doesn't like the, the Joan Crawford thing with Sterling Hayden. Oh yeah. The, says right, it the all. guitar right off the bat. That's, a great that's yeah, right. Exactly. And it's so like, like, right. And so it's really, well, about, it's like, I'm, it's just, it's like you could take a frame, it's a painting. It's like a Robert Longo. Well, or and it's, and like everything is very, very, uh, like it's, because the thing is, I, I think that, like, uh, like it's, there is a genre, I mean, and John Waters is, does this as well. You know, it's just like when um, uh, you see, uh, yeah, it's John Waters, right? Who did, uh, 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 we just did the, an episode on it. What do you call it? Uh, Titanic? Titanic. No, uh, uh, what do you call it? God, what if John Waters did Titanic? How that would be an amazing film. Be. I would also love that film. Um, no, um, uh, uh, the 50s set one, um, uh, uh, poly, not polyester. He also did polyester. Shoot. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, uh, uh, not polyester. This is the this is the fifty year oldest podcast. Yeah, come on, Martini Giant uh, listeners. Which which it's the one uh, where hairspray, hairspray, hair, hairspray. Okay, so, yes. hairspray. Okay, so like it has a hairspray quality to it it does right? it does and yep. uh and i think that uh, what's what's really interesting because i love i love hairspray i love i love water pictures generally yeah. like the but a metavar is a and this is no insult to john waters but a metavar is a real like 
deep oh, yeah, filmmaker, filmmaker and writer and like he is tackling and things and artist and like he is tackling things whereas like John Waters is coming at him um in a very like camp fun way he has a thing to say John Waters has something to do like I think what he's doing is John Waters is is specifically giving you trash like yeah, he I mean, wants like, yeah, to that, give you trash that is the art itself right the that's art of himself right. is his trash 100% right? so that yeah that, thank you that's what I mean to say whereas like Amadavar is being sort of sneaky in a different way like he's actually giving you a very sort of rich thoughtful experience in the guise of a different kind of film and so I like agree. You know, it has also a, where he comes from too, like right. his life probably growing up and the political environment and also being gay mm -hmm. in that environment, the seventies and eighties is totally different what it was like in America. Sure, and right. Waters is a little more cushy about it. He does. There's no. Well, he like, Waters just fun. I mean, like he's just like it's raw, fun. Whereas Almodovar, you sense like there's something else going on. Right. If I got to make this movie or else I'll never do anything else in yeah, my exactly. life. And exactly. I will be that cab driver. Yeah. And there's there's right. daringness to it yeah, that it comes through and yeah. fun Vi like really really because i mean like it, it's both very the movie is very silly and very like it is very silly, and, silly and, and, and very just all over the place but like the the emotional reactions that people have like are weirdly like from they're like real you know like for a moment you're like whoa she's actually crying this is she's really upset in a way that you just don't get from this but kind of people a also love those movies like sure. his movies like right they're just like cult-like because it's Absolutely. almost like a woody allen do, do you guys do you guys uh have you guys ever heard of the french comedic actor named louis de finesse yeah, I know the name. I don't know what it uh, is associated with okay so 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 he is a very very funny actor is you know kind of a slapstick comedy guy but right. very funny uh and he's done some really good films uh but somehow there was a little bit of this film that reminded me of a louis de Finez comedy in a lot right. of ways um and he oh, by the way a lot of his films have been remade as american versions which are you know of course that's the way it goes oh my god have you seen this guy louis de Finez? Um, no but i'm gonna okay you go I, i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm gonna put it in our chat, chat? here here i'm gonna also put something he did another Cocteau sh uh, play mm -hmm. at, with Tilda Swinton. I just put it in. Wow, so I didn't that was know the first any of one. This connection yeah, all. and I, he did, I didn't know he did one in 2020. Are you talking about, uh, talk about who, who are you talking Almodovar. about? Almodovar. Almodovar. Okay. Yeah, so he did a second cocktail play um, in um, 2020. Wow. Short film yeah, with Tilda Swinton. That's crazy. Yeah, because I, I, uh, I, I, I sort of caught up on Almodovar um, all at once. Oh, pardon me for one second. Hand. That's just so not how you do a. Look at this! Got, suddenly got lunch right in front of me. This what is, is that? It's uh, this is uh, some ramen. Or something. It's ramen. A little, uh, bowl of homemade ramen. Is nice. it nice. food? It is food. I will not be rude and uh, eat on camera. I, I promise it will. Oh, you can eat on camera. We don't give a crap. I'm drinking. We, we talked about all sorts of stuff in this episode. It's very exciting. <laughs> but, um, but but, but it, it, there was definitely a you know there's a lot of hijinks that happens in this film. Yes, uh, I like which is good. I mean, it's I all love good. When you say hijinks, by the way. Yes, hijinks. So yes, we are, like it involves uh, um, uh, sleeping pills, sleeping gazpacho. pills in, in, in gazpacho. It involves uh, uh, terrorists, crazy cab drivers, <laughs> terrorists, <laughs> yeah, crazy, like crazy, crazy cab drivers, sons you didn't even know existed. Uh, like also, like absolutely jam packed with every every 
bizarro like any one of these things would be an episode of friends you know like you just take any one of these things out and you automatically get to write an episode of friends only now they're happening literally all at once in the same plot line jason i'm sorry your lag is a minute behind the stream but you know feel free to comment anyway we're always going to respond to you you know that <laughs> anyway okay. right absolutely <laughs> So, uh, but you know, actually, might try want to close the stream and join. Should up we again. should we talk slower so he catches up? No, well, yes, the, the minute slow, minute yeah. uh, minute delay. Are good point, Chris. <laughs> Let's wait for, for Jason, Jason to catch up. There he is. Now he's back. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we have uh, five thousand listeners right now. Oh my god! Yeah, you that's, can't, that's so exciting. Look at this. Oh, uh, no, five. It's, no, it's five. It's five. <laughs> I, added zero. I added too many zeros. Sorry, but, it, you know, it's interesting because if you actually go to the users, there's more than that. So the, somehow it doesn't always catch up. Yeah, somehow no, Twitch doesn't actually do that. That's right. Anyway, so uh, so the other thing that was interesting was the cab, right? Mm -hmm. um, the cab itself was... Uh, oh, uh, the Yeah, the cab itself was uh, weird uh, and oh. funny. And he had the cab driver, basically, just to put people who haven't seen the film, she walks into this cab who reappears like three or four times throughout the film. Like he keeps like she keeps running into the same Every cab. Every time driver. a cab is hailed, it is the same cab. It's the same cab. Right. And the guy and which works as a play as well, if you mm -hmm. think about it that way. And by the way, there is a musical of this that they made. Yep. Uh, somehow. Yep. Oh, that makes uh, complete sense. Yes. Yeah, which makes complete sense, right? And so when she gucks in the cab, he he has his cab is in the inside of a shop. Like he's got magazines and cigarettes and handkerchiefs and drinks yeah. and all kinds of stuff, right? And I it reminded me of somehow like I was I was uh, I was at SIGGRAPH and I was getting a Uber to go to a SIGGRAPH party. And I got into this cab and this cab driver had set up in, or this Uber driver had set up inside all these screens from phones all attached inside the back of his Uber. Oh, wow. And he was playing videos and stuff all over the place. Right. And the video, he's a graphic designer during the day mm -hmm. and an Uber driver at night. And he was playing videos of his graphic design motion graphic stuff advertising his day job while he was in there. Right. Right. And That's it was pretty like, amazing. So it was like, and it was kind of cool. Like the music, like he was playing music videos of like Michael Jackson films and then putting his graphics on top of the music videos. Right. And it was like, holy crap. It was yep. like, so part of me was like, this is hilarious and entertaining. And when she walked into that cab and you're like, what Whoa. the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's and, a little set. It's, it was its own little set. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, and of course you have leather print every or, or, or leopard print leopard everywhere. Print. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, it's hysterical. Um, so I mean, I mean, I really don't want to give away too much of what's going on in the story. It's it's quite good. It's like I said, a lot of hijinks, and that was fairly popular in the eighties as hijinks type films. But right. this is extremely well executed, and the, and the story uh, uh, was well done. Yeah, because like the it's I mean it's a pretty difficult story to describe because it gets so complex so fast. Like there's right. like you know it's like she uh, she finds out that she's broken up with and she finds 
the the woman that she's that he's actually married to finds out there's another there's a son that doesn't exist. Um, someone comes to rent to her apartment, uh, and which brings in like and of course like the son is part of this and like and uh, right. you know there's the you know, and then her know, like friend who is the the model who's, yeah who's who's uh, and the, 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 the dating the terrorist and the uh, the, the, right. the, the the tricked her and then the terrorist plot is actually going to blow up the guy right. Like, it's bananas. It's totally bananas. You just have to sort mm-hmm. of see see it to see it to see what it is. Um, but with all that insanity that's happening, the way it's approached is actually very gentle. Like it's not like trying to um, over overwhelm you. Uh, it's trying to like it's being a very, it's being a very generous movie. You're going like I'm so sorry things have gotten so complicated, you know. And like I think that that's sort of like well, the, the yeah, the thing that's interesting to me is that. The story starts off with this is a woman at the end of her rope, right? She's depressed. She wants to kill herself. And somehow she's brought out of it through the hijinks. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The hijinks itself is what basically like, oh, no, I can't kill myself. I have to deal with all these other problems. There's too much going on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And through the hijinks, I mean, spoiler, through the hijinks, like you think – do you think the narration and the way it is is almost like if a woman got in a cab and told her life story to the cab driver in that yeah, time? Look at, this is look at my crazy life, right? This is like, yeah. and the thing is, like, the genius of the movie is like, the, like I, my favorite gag in the movie is when you know, like, when she says, like, you know, up until a certain point, it would have been possible to get back together, right? You know, maybe even yesterday, maybe even this morning, maybe even at noon. But not now. <laughs> like, right. like, when, like, there's a there's a moment when she's like, there is because all the craziness in the movie is essentially uh, representing uh, the out of controlness of of bad choices and like not dealing with lots of random things, mm-hmm. which is how it connected directly to bridesmaids for me, um, and her like sort of stabilizing in the in that ending scene when. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? What's her name? Wakes up finally, and uh, like she, the woman, like like she wakes up from the sleep. She drank the gazpacho, falls asleep for most of the movie, and then she <laughs> wakes up, which is hilarious, which is just hysterical, right? And she's like, she wakes up, and she's like, oh my god, and like everything is going fucking crazy while she's asleep, completely crazy, and like you look at the apartment, and the apartment, like the apartment's just a utter disaster in every possible way, and you don't even it, like it just shows her stand go like what the fuck happened like this? And, you know, and the main woman was just like, just sit down, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, like all the things that were formerly overwhelming. She's just like, don't, you don't, don't have to take this all in and have it explained right now. It's, the bed on fire was kind of hilarious. Bed on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's bananas. It's totally bananas. I, I yeah. felt like the most telling thing was like, when he's making the moves on that girl who was really hot, that one skinny girl who yeah. threw all the stuff away in the Shiite, she right, was great, right, right. dude. Oh man, and Maria Barranca. Oh, that's fantastic. the name of the actress. Her, yeah, her character's name cool. was uh, and Victoria of Real. I love too. He was super hot. But the point is, great actress. And I just felt like he's making the moves on her. Rosa De Palma is like asleep. Yet they're just like, I'll tell you tomorrow all about that. It's like men will be men. It's like it's okay. Just right. The, she's lamenting about the older man, his father. And yeah, he's like, oh, he's just like his, yeah, he's just like his father. It didn't phase her that he's making the moves on the other girl while his wife's passed out. 
Right. Um, and she's lamenting about his father, who is doing the same thing. Yep. So yep. there was this comedy of insanity. I, I, I always love movies like that because they give an insight to other cultures. And honestly, that kind of voice that he has is, to me, is... It's so unique. It's like a, he's his own painter. He builds his own worlds. Oh, yeah. And there you have it. Right. And I don't see a lot of that type of stuff. And I miss kind of just, you know, let this person just yeah, I mean, you show get, their world. You do get people, you get people like Schnabel, you know, and you get people like – Yeah, you know, like, but like, that's – You know, there's a, there's examples of this. But it's just like they, like there's something – like you said, like there's a – this is a, a familiar kind of thing. This the the basic outline. If you're just laying out what the movie's about, like American audience is like, oh yeah, I've seen plenty of stuff like this on TV, right? Um, but because the guy is such a fine filmmaker, and because it's from a different perspective, even the silliest stuff has a different spin. And so, yeah. like, it's like you're getting a a different vibe off of something that you that you f- feel is familiar simultaneously and it's a it's a it's a really special feeling i didn't like i i watched i saw this when this first came out i remember or at least close to when it first came out um and uh and i don't I, then i think i caught up on like all the amount of art that i missed somewhere <coughs> in like 2004 or 5 i just like binged all the stuff I had not yet seen. Uh, and so like, he is more like a metaphor. It's more like a, an event for me because of that. Like, it was just like this crazy, uh, you know, like single experience of watching these movies. Um, but like separating that out and watching this again after many, many, many years, I was like, there's, there is a, like you're saying, like there's a, there's a really unique voice that's happening here that made me miss having yes. that kind of voice in every other kind of film. <laughs> just yeah, like, and right. Honestly, those are the kind of films I grew up with, not to say, right. oh, I, but I loved, I was really attracted to the unique artists like that because I always straddled between like, like the world of painting and like artists. And when filmmakers kind of broached that thing where it's like, God, you can freeze that and I get everything about that world. Or you explore these worlds um, I don't see that a lot in contemporary films, and um, well, contemporary. And I don't mean this as a big negative, but the way that we approach even like even the indie world is very professionally shot now. Like, there's not a lot of identity to what's being made. There's a level of professionalism, which is essentially that's what TV filmmaking is to me. Uh, yeah. And it's not. It's not like it's not a slam it's just that like you know, like tv film like the best of tv filmmaking tv style filmmaking isn't focused on delivering something new and artistically original it's uh, it's focused on delivering something highly polished and professional that works really well because you have very limited time you know and so like the best of tv is designed to be um to be uh like very uh, immediately consumable and good looking in a very specific and very known way. You know, whereas like this movie, if you were to see any random frame of this, you'd identify it as a work of art. Like yes. you're just like, this looks like a, this single frame looks like something that would be hanging somewhere. And I don't even know what it relates to, but like, it's yeah. so, it's so brilliantly uh, because like, yeah, like it's, like I said, even the, the, the closest person to, uh, Almodovar, at the, like at that same time, is weirdly like Paul Verhoeven, like or Peter Greenaway. 
or Peter Greenaway. Yeah, that's a great one. Where they like they're intentionally Greenaway, making things yeah. really, really artificially. Yes, right. but Greenaway was. I love Greenaway stuff. The cook, the, the cook, the thief. A, yeah. Somebody who went to grad school for set design. I was right. like Greenaway. I loved his stuff, Jarman stuff. Yeah. But I felt like Alma Devar spoke a language about a city and a culture the way when I loved Woody Allen in, in the yeah. 70s and 80s. The same right. thing about New York culture. And you didn't have to be an insider to understand it or get a view. And right. you didn't have to judge it. You just had this kind of opening. It's a complete this experience. World. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like what's missing is that all the indie filmmakers now are really great writers. Uh, yeah. And, and, and no slam to that. That's great. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, but they're it's, not a, it's, image, it's part of what's happening, right? Exactly. They're not image people, and I've used right. to have discussions with writers I I know in Los Angeles, and they're like, "It's you know, movie making is writing, and it's is the script." And I'm like, "Yeah, sometimes, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's just like it doesn't have to be cohesive right. to move you, and right. you don't have you know, you can stop." an Amadar film and then pick it up and still pick up something. Right. And because you're attached to the characters through the visuals and through all the other things that are going there. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are really slick on their visuals, visuals yeah. now, but right. they're, they're not, um, I don't know. They're not, um, there's not a, um, uniqueness to it because well, it yeah, all because looks like, like the, ads. The, 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 the main difference you're saying is that you have uh, like where you can you can have a bunch of beautifully generated very good looking imagery and it still doesn't hit you like an amount of our movie does right um because the way he is telling the story is actually through the medium through the art right and through the way it looks and all this is part of how he is telling the story it's not there to be like look at that individual shot like you can look at that individual shot and respect it for being great but it is also part of a larger uh artistic experience, event, yeah, experience that's happening and like that that is not like there's loads of like indie film in general has never looked so pro as it does right now and that's very boring like that yeah, is very right. dull yeah. yeah. And it's just like every, everyone does like soft key light this side, a little bit of like fluorescent you know, fill here. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, it looks like every other fucking movie. Everyone went to the same film school. Like, and, and, yeah. and, and bringing yeah. and, and going to like a movie and saying, like, I have never seen anything that looks like this. And how which is it, because they call it independent film, but they all look the same, right? They all look, yeah, which, exactly. Like, they all look, they, which they, is they, like they, kind of sad, right? Yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways. Exactly. And the things, man, I'm okay with that with TV. You know, it's, I mean, like, I understand the constraints of TV and you, like you want it to look good, but you need it to be done. It's not a problem. But like, when, when the, the voices you expect to be fresh, are really only turning out one kind of freshness, you get hungry for the other kind also. Like, it's great to have great writing. It's brilliant to grab brilliant acting. But you need the whole, like, you need a balanced diet of this stuff. And it's, and it's, and it's a drag to have that, that lack of, of real artistry come through, you know. And I've, I've, been, right. like, I've been watching a lot of, uh, I've been watching a lot of good horror movies um, that have came out last year. And I'm like, this is all great. Like, it's all really nicely made and polished and looks like a legit movie and all this. And then I watched uh, a couple of nights ago, I watched uh, the exorcist. I was like, Oh shit. That's what a movie looks like. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, know? you know, it's interesting. And I'll tell you this. And I think I've said this story on the podcast before, but I actually went to a meet and greet 
not really a meet and greet, but it was a, it was at the uh, El Rio or well, Del Rio, Del Rio Theater. El Rey. El Rey, El Rey. Yeah. Yeah. different completer. Anyway, El Rey uh, and John Waters was going to be there for like a Q and A and stuff like that, right? And he was great. And so someone asked, "This is think about this is about early two thousand one, two thousand two, right?" And uh, and someone said, "You know, this is back when people could suddenly get an HD camcorder, right?" It was like, yeah, yeah, right. And I remember Eric, you got one of the first ones, a Panasonic one. Remember that one? I uh, did. I shot yeah. 15 short films with that. Yeah. Some good ones, baby. Those are yeah. good ones. Those ones you sent the links on? Man, oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric is also a filmmaker and a great one. Uh, yeah, he is. Thank Absolutely. you for saying that. I can't get a break, but uh, thank you for saying that. But I do make films the way the, those two shorts out of those 14 I did, including Danger Tokyo. Right. Um, that, uh, Mia was I shot really films. cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. I shot these films, but I would shoot like Amadovar. You know, mm -hmm. and I just I compose it like that and shoot it. And the one in the car I sent you, Dan, I literally had no script, but I just knew the tonality I wanted. And uh, that famous guy's mistress. Remember, I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and um, I won't say it on the air, right. but uh, he did make movies that about a, you know, galaxy far, far away. And um, <laughs> but he's, uh, but he basically it was just you know, tonally going for something you can see. And you don't think, oh, how am I going to sell this? How does? And that's like a uh, that's like an artist working, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Well, it's too me, bad me, because me, we're not. I want Almodovar's to come back. It doesn't have sure. to be me. It just give us more of those guys because fifty years later, you still watch it, like uh, you know, yep. like a Jean Pierre Melville. You're like, oh my god, there's yep. like you said, it's the so Exorcist. It's so well, let me let me finish. Let me finish the story. Uh, real quick, and it's no, 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 not saying anything negative about Eric because I already told him how I love his, his films. But someone asked the questions like to to John Waters. So I was like, well, nowadays, you know, and especially think about John Waters when he first started like shooting stuff on Super 8, pretty much, you know, yeah. like it was really, really low budget, right? And so I was like, well, isn't it, you know, what do you think about the fact that today people can buy an HD camera and can start shooting films at, you know, anyone can shoot a film really right. at high quality and and john waters reaction was like what do you think about that you know because it used to be prohibitively expensive you had to, there was a barrier to entry was the cost right. of making filmmaking right? right and he says this is i think it's absolutely amazing and wonderful that this is liberating everyone to be able to make films and then he says, "Not everyone should." <laughs> yeah. right. I actually, I just actually because you can't, doesn't think, mean you should. Right? Yes, I actually think because imagery and the way images are processed and we looked at, it's more part of our life more than ever. So if you make a film, I just make a film because you want to say something like Amal Devar did, right? Right. Uh, in many ways, but don't make a film thinking, "Oh, I'll put it in my resume, and then I'm going to become a director and work in the studio system." Uh, right. You know, for me, when I made all those shorts, is because I worked in a theater, directing a theater and doing an improv theater right. in Hollywood. So I'd have to right. leave work, drive to Hollywood uh, Monday and Wednesday nights, and then I would rehearse and write on the weekends. And my wife right. was gracious to allow me to do this, and I was always busy. But to me, that made me shoot a lot because I was in the process of being on a stage and come up with riffs and ideas and we'd go out and shoot it. Right. And that was just really organic and great. And, you know, I don't look at those films anymore, but it does, it did contribute to something that I have 
today. Mm. I didn't think I was going to capitalize on this. And I just wanted to get my stories out. And there's other ways to do it. But I think everybody should shoot because there's a way of camaraderie and getting together and shooting. Absolutely. Was, I still think of all those times shooting with us. It's the best time. Well, the thing is, like, here's, here's my feeling. Because, I, I mean, I, I love that Waters line. I think it's like I think that, like, the – like I think that like everyone, because everyone does have access now. Everyone has just if they have a phone, they can make a movie. Uh, they can edit it on their phone if they want, and they can put it up on YouTube. Yep. And there it is. And so like um, like I I understand what Waters is getting at instead of sort of like yeah, I mean look at how much trash there is on YouTube. You know yeah sure it's true, but like that isn't really the pro. There's always going to be lots of junk. There's always going to be lots, no matter what the medium is. It's like people sure. like. You know, it's like if you walked into a if you walk into a bookstore, like ninety nine percent of the books in a bookstore are bad books. They're not good books. Like right. there's there's a selection of like almost everything of everything is trash. Like almost all movies that are made are trash. Almost all television that is produced is trash, and and that's just the way the things work. But uh, and so when you have like access for everybody, that means that ninety nine percent trash means all of YouTube, like almost everything that is made is trash and it's literally billions of hours of trash. Well, the, it, but the, YouTube puts it, up like 24 hours of video every minute, a second yeah. or something yeah. like that. It's fucking, is it really? Oh, it's yeah. just insane. Is it that yeah. much? No, it's, it's like all the time, all the time. And the thing is, I'm not, I'm not, this is not leading. This is not a rant that's leading toward, oh, God damn. There's just no blah, blah, blah. 500 like, hours uh, are uploaded every minute, every minute. Yeah, that's absolutely true, right? And so 500 hours of of content is is uploaded to YouTube every minute. And you just said the hot button word right there, content, right? (laughs) And this is what the problem is, is that it isn't isn't the fact that everyone has access. It's the fact that we are are encouraged to think non-artistically, that you are encouraged to think of stuff as product, and as content rather than I am an artist and I have a, my own view that I want to put out that is valid. Right. And that's why you see so little of that stuff. I do believe that you see where, where you do see this is uh, like some YouTubers and lots of TikTokers where they're like, they develop their own editorial style, which is totally unique. Like that's where that shit is growing right now. But in terms of filmmakers, Everyone is racing to be the top of the class at uh, at at film school, and it's yep. just like, who the who fuck cares? gives a shit if you can make a movie that looks like Coppola's movie? That's like right. I saw that movie. <laughs> like make right. your movie. Like where where are those guys? Well, there is you know I'll, I'll you know Mark Robel is a, is a perfect uh, uh, robber. Mark robber robber. Uh, he was uh, brilliant, and he does all the the science stuff, right? Uh, he's made, yeah. He makes a ton of content, but he only puts out a video every three months, and every time he does, it just explodes. Yeah, because he focuses on, and he he has figured out how to get your attention on YouTube, like how to tell that story, what is the best thing to tell, how to work, and that's an art. That's a real art. That, by the way. I have started to learn over time, like how to get someone's attention and how to pe- keep people's from watching stuff. I've started to learn that on my own. And I didn't even realize that I know this, like, you know, 
I mean, I deal with this with height say, but with you guys, sometimes when we're looking at our site, it's like, let's put this as like, no one's going to click on that link. <laughs> you, you need to put an image out Especially there where someone's going to click on it, right? <laughs> no one's going to click on it. And, right. and, and that's, that's an important thing. And it's not to say that we have to create clickbait, but I'm just saying clickbait is, is a thing. Like people will click on an image that they want to see more. Absolutely. If you give them something obscure that they have never heard of, they're not going to click on that. This is the, well, this is the thing. It's like, there's nothing wrong with being a salesman about your art or a salesperson about your right. art. Like if you look, cause like David Bowie put this really well. It's like, there's two David Bowies. There's the David Bowie who is the artist who generates the stuff that he loves and, and wants right. to share. And then there's David Bowie, the business person who is responsible for selling that stuff. Right. And, and he's like, I don't mix those two up when I'm one, I'm not the other one. And it gives me, it keeps me clear about what I'm doing. Right. And I think that like the, the responsibility of that, I think that's the, because I mean, if you're an artist, you have to pay the rent also. So you do yeah. need to do this. Well, right? that's the point is like, I don't think if we've had this, if we had this film and then some other one of his films as a, as a pairing of that, we would not get that many views. I bet you because we have bridesmaids. Of course, that's what's going to draw the clicks. That's what's going to draw the clicks. 100%. People, I mean, you know, Alan and, 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 and you guys, you know, and, and Jason, I mean, I know you guys have probably seen Bridesmaids, right? And you guys think it's hilarious. I think yeah. it's hilarious. It is I don't hilarious. Know if you guys have seen it. And it is hilarious. And it deserves attention. And it definitely belongs on Martini Giant. Mm -hmm. But if we get too artsy-fartsy, it's not going to work, right? Yeah, but, we, but, we, but we're doing the appropriate Ooh. thing, as you, many as you've already said, is that we are not just doing what's the hot movie or what's the movie that no, you know. No, we, we slide in. We, we, we give you the right. hamburger and we give you like, you know, a, a, something fancy. Something else you may not taste. It. On the right. side, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think like that is the, that like that is doing it appropriately. Of course you have to sell. That's the business model. And like right. that's the artistic business model that you know, if you, in order to be an artist or in order to get your stuff out there, Absolutely. you have to be aware of that stuff. And the thing is like with, um, like with, if you look at, like all the great film it's like it's not like Ahmedovar doesn't know that he is his own brand he's very aware of that and he right. really works towards it you know there's there's nothing wrong with having that in mind the the what is what is wrong is when you think that the audience is too fucking stupid to know what good art is right and you're, you're, you're and you just yeah, when you're condescending and like right. cuz all you all you're doing when you're doing that is you aren't trusting yourself to say like my art, it will make an impact. I can sell my right. own art because it's a, it has a vision, right? You know, and like that is well, like because the thing is, you look at like America in the nineteen sixties, right? Yeah. They, like art film became a thing. Like it was a popular thing to do. Like people knew who Max von Sydow was, yes. And it, like because they had seen Ingmar Bergman films and right. and uh, and and you know Kurosawa films that had been imported. It's right, not right, impossible right. for great art to become popular, and it's not bad for great art to become popular. It's just bad for for when you start thinking in terms of being a content generator, right. you may as well be a fucking tube of toothpaste squeezing shit out. I like know. that doesn't have anything to do with anything. No. And it's also about being snobby. It's also yes. about being snobby. Right. right. And talk about the film you want to watch or whatever. And it's about being snobby and walking to all these different things. So I think that's right. a, a certain part of it that, and I, 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 I hate to do this, but, the same exact thing is true with fly fishing. I hate to say it now. <laughs> yes, I knew we'd get there. Because fly fishing has yes. got the same problem, right? Fly fishing was always the 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 thing that was like, 
it's 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 fishing with the pinky in the air right like, right. You know, uh, like well, well. i'm fancy because i'm a right. fly fisherman it's like but it's so it's like why the fuck are you doing that it's like oh no no because i'm fancy and it's expensive and you have to, and you, your have to spend a lot of time doing it and it's like right. da, 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 da. and so the fly fishing community has had a problem and i've actually <laughs> wanted to try to get this with with, with al when i talked to him about it it's like Right now, fly fishing has become very popular again because sure. of the pandemic, right? The right. pandemic has sort of brought this back, which is a completely weird situation. Right. But I talk, listen, I, I get on the, I get on Zoom calls uh, every Friday early in the morning uh, with uh, with uh, with Al and, and some of the best fly fishermen in the United States. It's crazy just me being like, you know, on these on these Zoom calls with these guys. And I'm just sitting here going, just absorbing it. But at the same time, it's like, this is an exclusive club. Right. right. Part of the part of them is making them feel fancy or approachable because they've got all this knowledge. Right? right. And so they're not necessarily inviting an outside world into this very easily. It's hard for them to do that. Right. One, because they've known each other for 30, 40 years. Right. They've mm -hmm. got a lot of uh, uh, of stories that connect back there. Once you start to understand things, you're like, okay, I get it, right? Uh, by the way, because they've been doing it for so long, they have a lot more disposable income, and they go to some of the best locations, and they go to like yes. you know the Mauritius I Islands know, yeah, and right. Belize and Christmas right. Island in the middle of the Pacific, and like so, they have become a certain level of unapproachable, right? Right, and, and that becomes sort of an elitism that becomes a problem, and. Right. Honestly, it's a political problem too. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is the downfall of what's happened with you know the 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 the, the left in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, uh, I quickly want to just interject something, Chris and Dan. I apologize. Yep. I not kidding. This I looked up Pedro Almodovar's next film. Next film is called El Pescador con Mosca y la Puta: The Fly Fisherman and the Whore. That's his right. next film. Is it really? Is that is that really? Come on. Yes. Oh my god, that would have been great. <laughs> His next film is called Christopher on. Nichols on the Beach. Sure. Uh, is it a sequel on the beach? Is it not? It <laughs> is not that. <laughs> that is not what it's called. La Pescador con Mosca y la Puta. I just made it up and did the translation and uh, I just like <laughs> Dude, we talk about our new spreadsheet. I were like I, I, our new uh, thread list. I want that t-shirt. I want that poster design right there. Yeah, that's good. On. <laughs> with, with Chris Nichols with the fishing hat, like like this lonely out in front of uh, a certain superstar's house. <laughs> that is maybe we should we should can we make that poster? Let's, let's, let's make that do poster. that. I'm, well, I want to see her version of that poster. I want the Donald. Eric, Eric, that is your job to make to make and make it feel like 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 Almada uh, uh, yeah. 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 Let, let's do that. That's that would beautiful. be a really funny thing. Anyway, um, and and so I you know I hate to sort of say is like you know that's that's the trick that we try to do sometimes in these films is to to make it more approachable is to, to combine. Oh, I films. think we can be completely open about this. I think this is a good yeah. way because like, I think that like realistically, I don't like, I hate gatekeeping in art. Like I do right. I like art is for everybody and everybody's fucking smart enough to get it. Everyone can get it. It's not a specialty thing that makes you look great for loving it. Or like you don't wear art, like a, like a couture kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Like you, 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 you invest yourself in it. 
and and you and and spreading the word about it, especially now when it's easy to get a hold of things that were super hard to get a hold of for a long, long time. You know, like having like having real filmic experiences that you that like literally before ten years ago were difficult to have. Now you can have them, and it's easy to do it. And you can have it at home, and you can control the experience. Like this is fan- this should be a fantastic thing, and I think that by, by us doing that, like by saying here's some good stuff that you probably haven't seen, as well as something that you probably clicked on because you like this movie, I right. think that's responsible. I think that's a good way to go. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting for this podcast. I'm like the token art dude. Um, you're like <laughs> token art dude. You love you love artsy films, but. Listen, the fact is, Eric, you're not you're not condescending towards other things. Yeah. Okay. Let me just explain chiaroscuro to you, Chris. Okay. Let's do this. It is a painting technique. Okay. (laughs) It is about the blending of the darks and lights in the background. It's it's a form of yes. Okay. Yes. 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 You see, I watch a lot of Frasier to know the downfall of snobbery. (laughs) Yes. Like it's not like snobbery is is self conscious egotism, and it's awful. It's the worst. And I think okay. that like, I want totally to, can I, can I make a note? This is a little bit personal, but I will, I'll say it anyway. So, uh, the, my, my, uh, my, uh, uh, my mother who is, uh, 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 thinks of herself as blue blooded Hungarian. And there's truth to that. Um, um, defines the term. There's a definition of snobbery, which is by the way, false, which is, uh, supposedly from Latin, meaning sino nobilite, meaning without nobility. Right, right. <laughs> right? Okay. right. That's not the definition of snob. Mm-hmm. The definition of snob is someone who thinks they're superior to other people and yep. therefore puts them down, right? Yep. Um, so somehow she used that term often as like snob is someone without nobility. And I, my mother, who can can be very snobby sometimes, <laughs> almost gives herself a pass to be snobby because she defines herself as nobile. Yeah, I'm no, noble, nobility. so it's okay for me to look down on the plebs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she peasant. uses the term peasant. She peasant, used the term peasant right. when I was a kid often. Yeah. Oh, that's so right. funny. My, yeah. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so snob was really someone as like, <laughs> she would define people or stop who are nouveau riche, right? Who are not noble. What? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a, that. No offense to your mom. That is a slightly snobby way to look at this. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> so, 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 so I, when you bring yeah. stuff like that up, I, I have to say I do remember when I was a kid. I'd be home from school, mm-hmm. uh, being away at school. I'd come home and like the curtains would be drawn. I'd be sleeping late. She'd come in like, you do not live like a Victorian. Open the windows. <laughs> it's always like, it's just oh the language. That you do, You are not a Victorian. Open uh, the shades. I, I like, cannot. Yeah, what the you can't fuck, come up with Mom? stuff like that. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I had a, I had a lot of. I mean, you, you, Eric, and I uh, have had experiences where we, we were a little bit the black sheep of the family in a lot of ways, right? Like people, right. they didn't quite under, never quite understood what we were, had to do. And here I am, you know, all these years later, and I've actually made quite a career and success out of what I've done in my right. life, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. I love it. You know, I, I, when I went to architecture school is when I finally met my people, and that was very late. You know, I was like 23 mm. years old when that happened. And I right. finally met my, my tribe. Uh, and that 
that's late. 23 years old to finally figure out who the people are that you need to be around. Yeah, right, right. Your passion. Very late, right? And so, and then that's when I started to figure it out and I was excited and I started to, and I started to become successful at what I did and I loved it. Um, and it just never connected with with uh with my my family they never quite understood like, right? yeah, what does chris do for a living oh he rides the rails and is paid for work and corn cobs no. <laughs> oh, sorry vfx yeah. artist <laughs> my mother still says i'm an architect to people that's awesome <laughs> that's amazing i haven't been an architect for 25 years <laughs> you may recognize his buildings as seen in tron <laughs> <laughs> Right, I, I don't think she knows. She knows I may worked on Day After Tomorrow. She can't name any other film that I worked right. on. That's the first film I worked on. <laughs> she doesn't look at into it, but it was like, yeah. So it's like you know, and I've you know, part of me is like, it, it took a lot of time for me. Like I, I kept trying to like, but look, I'm doing okay, and I'm doing that, and they're like, it just wouldn't connect, right? right. Wouldn't connect. Right. And when I came, she came to visit me at at DD when I first you know like got my job there. And she was shocked right. because I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Right. Yep. And like, Oh my and, God. And, and then my boss, naked? my boss, my boss came to visit her and he was wearing flip flop shorts and he had a, a t-shirt on and a coffee stain on the shirt. And, right. and his name was Andy Whistling. He's a very successful, very good guy. Right. And, uh, uh and he, he likes like, Oh, you're Chris's mom. Glad to meet you. And, he, and she looked at me. He's like, are you okay? Okay, are you like she? I might as well have been working at an auto mechanic at that yeah, point. Exactly. You know? it was oh like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was like, I'm making more money here than I did in architecture. I'll just put it that way. Right. right. It's <laughs> like, uh, I don't, uh, why I don't understand. <laughs> this is all a scam. It's a scam. That's right. Um, but uh, anyway. the pyramid scheme of visual effects. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, you have to wear a suit. It's like the only people who wear suits are people who are trying to sell you cars in Los Angeles. I mean, that's honestly speaking, very true. <laughs> that's, very true. that's very true. But yeah, no, I think that I think that's the like what it was refreshing to watch this movie simply because uh, it reminded me of the time in my life because this we said this eighty eight or so. Mm -hmm. Like this is when I when I first became aware of a film outside of you know that my narrow blockbuster set vision you know and right. uh like i had seen i had seen a, a you know like some important movies by then but like it's in 2001 by then <laughs> yeah i'd seen 2001 i'd seen i had seen alien i had seen uh french connection i had seen a lot of great stuff um but i still i really hadn't i hadn't understood like to like those are all hollywood movies 2001 is a hollywood movie right yeah um it's a it's a big weird one but it is and to see something so um handmade right but at the same time really beautifully made like it's like it's not like it's, it doesn't look like product it isn't content like we'd say today like you watch this and go whoa that woke something up in me i don't know what it is right. but it, but i feel more alive have, have, having seen this and uh and it was around that time like when i was about you know 17 years old and i really started to binge on trying to see these movies because the place that i grew up in wonderful uh wonderful place called cape cod um like is a is a fairly isolated part of america and like we had like one kind of arty theater you know on the entire you know on all of cape cod and right. um but like once you start like looking for this that's when like you're saying you like i found my tribe right right and once you start having that dialogue back and forth with people 
like it wakes you up in every other possible way, you know, and, uh, and it gets, it got me on the artistic ride that I'm still on today, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm very thankful for movies like this to have that experience. And I, I think that this sort of like watching, uh, going through this again today, I was, I was like, this movie is actually, I feel like it's important for me to watch right now. Cause like Alan uh, in chat is asking like, what are the names of the YouTubers and TikTokers? Like, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm an old man. I don't know these names. I watch this stuff with my, uh, my, my youngest son. And uh, like, they go by as fast as they go by for you. But like, I can't not notice that like the stuff, my- that, like this stuff, like some of the guy, I'm like, holy shit, that's a great gag. That's a great trick. Right. You know, and I think that like the like I've said before on the show, the only big turnaround that I'm waiting for for this entire young group is for them to and I think it's starting already, is for them to recognize that what they're producing is spiritually valuable. Well, what's interesting is like my daughter shares a lot of TikTok stuff with me and she's and, and she's it's great. I appreciate that she's sharing that stuff with me. But the problem I have is that every time she shares it with me, it's like a 10 second, 12, 15 second thing. Right. Right. And it's like, like takes fifteen minutes to explain because all the references of a reference. This, of a yes, reference I was going to bring reference. this up. The, the, the secret, the, the the weird secret of TikTok, of the TikTok experience is that right. no single every TikTok is, is like, a reference of something else. Is a, is a palimpsest of other TikToks. Right. Like, and, and so like, you not only have to understand on each other. <laughs> exactly. And so you have to be just watching this, and then you go, that one was genius. But also you have to have seen all this other stuff. And right. so you have to be in the soup with that material. I'm like, I'm obviously like 0.3% in the soup, but I can right. recognize it. And I can recognize that people are being super duper creative about this. And like the only thing that I'm like, the like what I'm complaining about is um, like, I'm, I'm saying that the, like the, these are young filmmakers and they're doing cra- crazy, important and critical work that will turn into something important. Where, where, what I'm yeah, complaining about. Yeah, at some point, like it's on the verge, right? It's on the verge of that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I can see that that's tr- coming and true. And what I'm complaining about is including myself, everyone over the age of 25. Like filmmakers on the verge of a creative breakthrough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, but like everyone should be like, instead of spurning this stuff, they should be soaking in it and letting themselves get inspired. The way that I felt inspired when I saw movies like, um, like a Metaverse films, where I'm just like, right. Fuck! Boom! It explodes in your head. But the I thing is, what they're what they're doing is they they are getting excited, right? So right. I don't and 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 while while we may not necessarily get it, I may not get it. Who gives a shit if it, I get it? <laughs> they, <laughs> are, they, they, they are they are they are those the, those kids are getting it. No, I don't say those kids. The kid the kid those I young know, punks. the yeah, kid yeah. I know, gets excited by it and it inspires her to make things. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so she's making something as part of that process and is contributing back to that creative process. Right. And That's while right. it's not, we don't necessarily make the connection. I don't make the connection because I'm not pervy to all the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly okay. If, because the whole point of creative output is the joy that it brings you internally and to be part of like contributing something special. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and, was what I was saying about the theater when I was in the theater. You're exactly right. You're exactly, yeah. it's exactly the same thing as you said, uh, Eric. Absolutely. Right. Now I do want to say we've already gone an hour and 40 minutes and we haven't said 
pretty much anything about bridesmaids. So we, so we got to get into it. And I apologize for those who've been hanging on for so long <laughs> so make you for us talking about bridesmaids. Mm. But uh, Kevin Feige, Feige, I think his Feige. name is Feige. Let's say Feige. Sure. I believe that's how it's pronounced. And right. uh, you guys can correct me and Chad, but all, it's pretty much just Alan and, and Jason who are commenting. And so I appreciate them. But uh, but it is, it is a comedy uh, as well. Also, let's call it female empowerment, although the, there's irony to that because really it's about uh, a woman who's pretty much failing at everything in her life. Right. And, uh, and uh, you brought it up earlier. Like, I feel very, like, I think that the statement of these movies, both these movies is 100% universal and affects, like, I understand. I, I know what this is talking about. Like people are going to feel it in different ways. Of course, right. of course, but bridesmaids is sort of iconic uh, and uh, talking about a particular problem that is rarely talked about in movies ever, and especially not in comedies. Um, and I, I think that, that 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 issue is universal, especially for creative people. Which is failure. <laughs> uh, which is like like that that you that you or you can be the source of your own failure. Like, oh yeah, that, you are that, you're yeah. responsible. You are responsible. Like the decisions you make are right. what's leading to your downfall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know what's another film that shows that? The Tenant. Yeah, without a doubt, right? Exactly, exactly. Because that film is like, what the fuck are you doing? Every decision he makes is slowly (laughs) diving him down into depression. A much different movie than Brides. Ooh, can you imagine if we did Bridesmaids and The Tenant as a pairing? (laughs) To clarify for everyone, this is not Tenet. This is not the tenant. The tenant. <laughs> the tenant. Yes. Roman Polanski Roman film Polanski. from seventies yeah. sometime. Although I want to point out that when I when I uh, the tenant came up in my uh, uh, Amazon suggested feed, right? And the, they, the tenant. The tenant. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I believe, on Prime. And the art that came along with it made me think that it was tenet. Like yeah. it was just like yeah, they were. It was just like you're trying to sell the audience that like tenant. On the tenant. Wow. I don't know if that's, that's going to work. Out. That's an algorithm. <laughs> that's they, an algorithm. They're very similar that. words. <laughs> You're going to love this. <laughs> Jason, Jason, put it on chat. It's one syllable. Fig. 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 Right. There, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yes. So so basically, the the, the I'm not going to necessarily go into too much about bridesmaids in terms of the story because I am going to assume most people have Many people seen, seen, seen it. It is it is it's very very good. Honestly, yeah. it's a very it's good funny on two film. levels. It is yeah. it is a very funny movie, and if it were just funny, that it would it would be a, a like one of the great comedies. Of the, too. It's yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a real statement movie. Like this movie has something to say. It says mm-hmm. it very, very seriously under the coating of slapstick. And I think it's <sighs> genius. There is. Yeah. But it's, but it's, but you know what? There's a flavor of slapstick that came uh, uh, because this is all Judd Apatow was also involved in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a flavor of Judd Apatow in this that's important, right? Because I think there's something about those types of comedies that were becoming popular uh, around that time, right? Uh, what's uh, 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 Forgetting Sarah Marshall, those types of films, right? Uh, what I liked about those types of comedies that became popular around then is that it showcased both villains, quote unquote villains, and heroes as flawed and heroes as well, 
right? Yeah. It puts both people in the same way. And there's a clear villain and a, and a hero in this one, right? Where mm-hmm. she has her enemy that is against her right. and turns, right? And that's the whole point. Like you have to have that point where everyone is, it's, it's, everyone has more than one dimension to their character. And they do that very successfully. In this. So even, even for example, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? She's like, like crass, 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 and somehow and she shows heart. Yeah. She sh- and like she has heart, and completely delivered with crass. Like, yep. oh, you know, and that's you're awesome. A fucking asshole. <laughs> it's like my right. favorite. Yeah, just like yeah. I think you want to have a little pity party. <laughs> yeah. pity party, she's, pity so party. She just slaps her on the face like constantly. Yeah, so, yep. Really talented. Yeah. yeah. But like that's that's the thing, right? It's like the uh, that the the enemy in this movie is uh, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but anyway, they like the the clear enemy is like the woman that she has a grudge against and is constantly competing with. Right. right? The villain of the movie is Kristen Wiig. <laughs> right. Like Kristen Wiig is her own problem. Roseburn Ellen. Roseburn, yeah, and uh, and Kristen Kristen Wiig is so resistant to understanding that she is causing all the problems in her own life right. that it literally takes multiple characters almost beating the shit out of her before she gets an idea that this is true. And right. the thing is like as extreme as the movie can be, like I know I mean like I've been this way myself and many many people I know, it's just like they're utterly confused that they're the ones who are causing their own issues. That's like, they all like, there's always right. a story about like, Oh, it's because of this, my boss. And it's all blah, 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 blah. Yeah. When, when really it's you, like you need to look at yourself and what the fuck you're choosing to do with your time right. and your life and see if that's adding up to disaster. Like it seems to over and over and over again. Right. You know, and the, 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 the male equivalent version of this film is forgetting Sarah Marshall, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. And, right. that, and that was, I love that film. Yeah. Genius. Total genius. And so, same, same kind of deal, same kind of deal, right? Yeah. This is centered around being a bridesmaid, which is honestly, it's like, Oh my God, really? Weddings are so, I, I find the whole idea of weddings and bridesmaids and, and the whole thing, uh, 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 on it's so s- stereotypical about how women act, sure, that I feel it to be sexist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the case. I think a lot of people enjoy this stuff, yeah. Well, um, you know, I like- want a big wedding, and that's why I am because you know, my dream is to have a big wedding, and the yeah, blah, like, blah 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 blah. It's like, that. I mean, like, that's part, like, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that. Like, if people yeah. like to do that, then they'd like to do it. That's fine. Like, I, I think that it's wrong to expect people to want to do that. Like right. if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. If they do want but to do it, they do. It's, it's great. It's part right. of a process for them to become yeah. the next phase of their life. I'm totally, yeah. I'm totally into it. You know, um, uh, ceremonial no, process. Yeah. Yeah. If that's, if that's people's bag, I encourage that to them to indulge that. I think that there is like, like there is, especially with um, rom-coms and sitcoms, like they do play into like, just because they're going for comedic effect, they tend to, deal in broad stroke comedy that especially surrounding like weddings and shit like that. Like you, you see the same jokes over and over again that are like, this is, I'm not sure how true this is anymore. I think this is a recycled joke from the 1950s. Right. You know, like Mm. that shit definitely happens. Um, But that's something I think that bridesmaids avoids pretty well. 
you know, like, like they, they reinvent this over and over again and not just by being crass, but by sort of breaking the wall of like the, the tropes of, of wedding culture. Well, okay. So, so here's the thing, which is interesting because a fig, as we mentioned, he has done several films that are top notch female comedians. Yeah. Right. The best. Right. And and it's like, these are clearly, you know, he's got Kristen, Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, you know, she, Wendy, Maya Rudolph is oh, super gifted. Yeah. She's yeah. Genius. yeah uh, Wendy Mac, uh, Mac, uh, McLendon, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, uh, who was in uh, Reno 911. And then Ellie Kemper, who's obviously, and what's, who was what's, the one that was the, the I'm sorry, the one that was uh, the wealthy one. Who is very pretty? Ellen. Yeah. What was her yeah, name? Uh, yeah. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. Yeah. She's great. Yes. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She's absolutely hilarious. Ellie Kemper is also an interesting one. Who? What's? What is her Netflix show that she does? Uh, she was also on the in the office. She was the receptionist in the office. Uh, the second receptionist in the office. Uh, 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 she has a Netflix show. Uh, about the woman who is stuck in, who's been stuck in a in a bunker in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, uh, I know the Kimmy show. Schmidt. So Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy, yeah, the incredible and, and something unwatchable. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. yeah. So she's really funny, and yep. I think underrated a little bit as a comedian. But she always plays the super innocent woman who suddenly does something ridiculous. <laughs> of so. course, that's her, that's her style. Yes, that's that's her that's her right. Style. Yeah. Uh, and then the other woman who I love is the woman who's the blonde woman who is, uh, who has the, the teenage boys. Who oh, like, she was great. Yeah. So funny. Yep. Yep. <laughs> teenage yeah. Teenage boys. There was so much cum in my house. I broke a sheet in half. Sheet in half. It's amazing. Oh, it was like, that is so graphic. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great. and all she did was the delivery, and it was like that was yep. amazing. Yeah, like they, I think that that was the like there was a great sort of boundary breaking time in comedy right, right there, right? And I think that like 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 and, and it started yeah. with something something about Mary. It started with that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, that, I think I think that Apatow's yes. crew in particular is is just. Yeah, and and uh, and what's the other one he did about being forty or something like this that? Forty. This yeah. is forty. He did he did a bunch of like I I appreciate what he brought. He brought a certain yeah. dialogue to it. I I really think like bridesmaids and uh and uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall were really yep good. Yep. Also, uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh my god, uh, Kevin Smith film. Uh, um, oh crap! I'm gonna remember it. Anyway, keep, keep talking. Kevin. Yeah, but I, I like. I think that that it's great to use this, like this set, setup. Like, I like that the setup of this movie is widely different from what the movie, what what the movie you expect is not the movie you get. Chasing you know? Amy, remember Chasing, Chasing Amy? Amy? Yeah, that was a while back, but yeah, that was a that was, Whoa, a yeah. That was yeah. along the lines of something like that to me. Sure. A little bit. Yeah, that was the beginning of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I think that what's what's great about this movie is that this I've seen. You know, I like I like rom coms, and I've seen like a billion wedding rom coms. Right. You know, it's, it's very popular, popular. and it yeah, goes through popular. all the stages. Bup, 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 yeah. And the, and this and, film does it. It does exact delivers right. that exact thing. And the thing is, like most to 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 even the, and I you know I I a lot of the movies I'm about to broadly criticize I love is that the thing about rom-coms especially uh like 
the like, especially wedding based rom coms, but like <laughs> rom coms in general are uh, are really endorse codependent relationships like oh, yeah. nobody's business. Like right. it's hmm. utterly bizarre. The I mean, because uh, you, you also see, I know you guys haven't seen Twilight, but Twilight is what's really amazing about oh, Twilight yeah. is that Twilight is so shockingly codependent like it should come with a warning it's just like it's it, it's it almost plays like a comedy like what the fuck is wrong get no don't be in a relationship with any of these people <laughs> this is horrible yeah but it right. plays it like it's a it's a good thing right and that's and this is because largely when you're talking about uh when you're talking about movies in general any kind of storytelling but you're talking about movies you're not talking about reality you're talking about large-scale emotions that people are dealing with symbolically and that's why these stories don't operate like like you have like the one who's born to be I'm be born to be married to like that's a symbolic story it's not an actual story like that well, is almost a large symbolic story or yeah the, the, story. this is it like man I was gonna yeah exactly what I was gonna say is like when you have something like you know the sitcom setup of uh, the rom com setup of uh, of um, uh, the movie we just talked about a uh, Vars movie um, that uh, like women the, on the verge women on the verge like. It has all of these sort of setups implicit in it that right. the, the payoffs aren't what you expect or they are, but they feel different. And then Bridesmaids take the, takes this all the way over the cliff. Like, it's like, what if we did all of the setups and then instead of endorsing uh, like re totally regressive relationships between friends mm -hmm. uh, and codependencies, what if we recognize this realistically is a really bad idea. <laughs> like right. what if codependency was terrible? What if, you know, what if you're the source of your own problems? What if you have friends that were brave enough to tell you that and you still didn't learn? Like, I was just like, right. this is fucking insane. Like this is well, like, where is that narrative coming that from? Is that a studio pushing it or is it? Oh like, yeah. Why no, are they no, I don't, I think that people, cause like, for instance, like I love, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, any, any rom-com, like I love a good rom-com and rom-coms are all based around the idea of say true love. Right. And that it's about these opposites who realize that actually they were made for each other. Like that's not real life at all. And to think like this is actually bad for you. Like, like to, to say like, oh, this is the certain special one. And the, like the, they were put on earth from heaven just for me is like you're projecting your wants onto someone else. Like and when they don't act the way you want them to, things are going to go wrong. That's what codependency is. Right. But that is because you're telling a symbolic story with these things. It's OK to do that because you're not talking about reality. Like Bridesmaids huh. sets up all of those gimmicks and then goes, let's look at the realistic situation. Though. Right. Like, let's turn this around and say, wait a minute. Are we, in, are we starting, are we treating real life? Like it's a rom-com. Cause if we are, that's fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. And like, that's the genius behind this movie. That's the inversion. It well, is the, and what about the ending was, to you? The ending well, think, of yeah. Like the, the ending is, I mean, like it's all based around that, that, uh, that song, that Wilson Phillips song. You know, which is about uh, taking control of your life. Like, uh, it's just like this that was is hard. That was a hard one. I, mean, <laughs> I like, had to get up and leave the room. That's that's what I like about it. Is the song itself is such uh, a corny, like you know, like pop song, but the right. song itself is delivering a message that I actually agree with. But it was important to them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a like thing. And I, I'm not uh, listen when you when and and they were very. 
true like they, they, like that was a song that we played on the the cassette tape or whatever it was right when we first bought cars and we became independent and we yeah, had our thing we song. listened to this card like song like fifty thousand times right. over and over again in that car right and that's an experience that went, cheesy or not it doesn't matter right right right, right. it's the and experience it, like, that it's, 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 it's unique it and important right? right what it's what it means and so like when you because like when you have Kristen wig like she is just bitching and she wrote the film by the way Oh, it's brilliant. It's a great, it's a perfect screenplay. And like when she is like, she wrote like, the script of she wrote the yeah. script. Yeah. And, and when she is someone else. Yeah. Yeah. When she is complaining, uh, to her, to her friend saying like, uh, I think it's McCarthy and saying, but like, she's just like, I don't have, you know, I don't have this and I'm fired. I don't have any friends. And she's like, I am standing right here listening yeah. to you. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> Kristen Wiig wrote this script. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, because I was reading how she didn't want to do the wedding dress scene. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had they they had a big problem with that, and she's like, "I didn't want to shoot it, and I was against everything." I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, so I didn't know she wrote. Yeah, 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 they yeah, pushed this, it. This yeah, but like, yeah, I think that the like all this stuff is like it's so like if you strip away the comedy, it's basically a a very it's a it's a drama, you know, and it's a drama that actually has right. a point. You know, uh, which is not true with most comedies, especially with sort of frivolous rom coms. Well, you know, you brought up the, the the codependency. Like, forgetting Sarah Marshall is the ultimate codependent. This pure codependency. It's pure 100%. codependency, right? No. And that's the thing: is like, just shut the fuck up, right? Like oh, that. The, the, the title of the movie is about giving up codependency. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. These are two people that are looking at each other as as not as not as the actual other person, but as uh, symbols of something in their lives. Okay. And then they're frustrated when those people don't act like the symbols, right. you know, and everything goes wrong. Like, what right. the fuck? What are you, what are you doing? You know? And so like, and of course I've made this mistake like gigantically in my life many, many times. Right. And so to see like, you know, like in forgetting Sarah Marshall, it's just like the depths of self-hatred that, you know, when he's like playing the song and he's just like, you know, uh, uh you know, uh, whatever it's like, David, you suck. David, you suck. Oh, you don't do anything of value. Like the like all of this stuff, and you see this in Kristen Wiig. Like she is, uh, like that self hatred, right? And indulging in how fucking shitty your life is right. is part of the loop that you're in, because mm. that's what makes you uh, so angry that you fuck up somebody else's wedding. Well. What's what's interesting is let's also her obviously her hatred is for for Ellen right for the for the rich girl who who's got her yeah, shit her, together well, her projected hatred is for Ellen. her project and yeah. the, the woman who supposedly has her shit together and that's what she hates because right. her life is going down the toilet right because of her own choices because of her own choices <laughs> which is she, she acts like it, a fucking asshole because she gets right. all mad about her own choices right and then <laughs> and then the other person is like taking advantage of her because that person the only reason that person is trying to win at the bridesmaids thing is because she's losing her life in other ways and she can win in this way. And I thought it was, you know, the scene where they're in the car and she's like, you know, it's near, you know, you know, towards the end of the movie and she's crying and telling her like, my life is fucked up. Right. And she's supposed to be the one who has all her shit together. And in her reactions, like you're really ugly when you cry. And that makes me happy. (laughs) It was like, 
that's kind of funny. You're yeah, also right. being an asshole. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like that's that's the, the like this movie like it's so great. Like I, I think we I said when we first chose this, I was like this movie has one of my favorite lines when Kristen Wiig is like I forgot what the incident what the incident was, but like she's like sinking lower and lower and fucking it up more and more and yeah, she herself more. I mean, like she has like, nothing left. Yeah, right. And she's like and like she's like she's on the phone with her mom. She's like. Mom, I think I've finally hit bottom. And then she hits, she goes lower than that. You go lower than that. <laughs> I'm just like, that's, that's what it's really about. That's what it's really about. It's just like, you keep on telling yourself the story that you're the good guy and that you're not to blame for any of this stuff. And right. that's why you can't, conf- well, you, you don't know what to do. Like you're wondering why everything is fucked. Yeah. Her, mel- her meltdown at the bridal shower oh, was, uh, yeah, was like oh so my good. God. When she punches the giant cookie, puts her hands in the chocolate everywhere, yeah. and like and the she's chocolate. like the, she's the, training the, the picture of the fondue. So thing. over the top. The fact is, it's so over the top. They're giving away puppies. Yeah, like, what the fuck? I know puppies. <laughs> like, yeah, because like it, it gets you on board with her anger because it is so o- over the top. Like, it, like it reminded me a little bit. So, okay, so I uh, Eric would will probably appreciate it. So when when I would lived in lived in Greece, right, and uh, my dad uh, worked in the shipping business. That's one of the job he had, and so uh, there was, as you can imagine, think about it in the you know. Uh, <laughs> late seventies, early eighties, uh, shipping in Greece was a big deal, right? There's a lot of money in shipping. <laughs> right. And so he, uh, fairly successful and worked for some big company and the company was actually run by, uh, several, uh, uh, brothers that were actually Palestinian brothers. Uh, but they were very, very wealthy, uh, very wealthy. And they're all like five brothers or something like that. And they all competed with, how much money they had and showing mm. off how much money they had. Right. right. Which was very common. I hate to say it, but very common in like, places like, like Lebanon and, and, mm-hmm. and places like that to yep. basically show your money. Right. It's right. important to show how much money you have. And I happen to live in uh, Burbank around a lot of uh, Armenian people. And it's a very common thread there. Like you show right. how much how much you expensive you have how it's right. like it's important to show the wealth uh, a very external uh right. display of wealth yeah. um and so uh <laughs> we would go like i would be invited to like a birthday party that was uh, a son of one of my dad's bosses <laughs> right mm-hmm. it'd be like so over the top birthday party Right. Like so over the top, right? So when you go to a normal birthday party, you have party favors that you can leave with, right? right. And like they have like little bags of candy or maybe some Legos or whatever it was, right? Like they were uh, giving away uh, bicycles to everyone as as, part, as party favors. That's pretty wild. That's right. Pretty wild. And so like my dad's like, I'm not putting this in my car. No, you're not getting a bicycle. Like, I, you know, you were going to get one for Christmas. That's not, ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> because you went <laughs> to a wedding. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it's insane. And so when they were giving away the puppies, it's like, this is like the bicycles. And I love the fact that like they had the, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Like I took nine puppies. <laughs> I took nine puppies. I took nine puppies. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like the one way is like, this is how it gets funnier. Like it got like they made that something like ridiculous. nine's too much six i can handle yes. <laughs> <laughs> with the best 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. But yeah, like I really think that this, like this, that movie, it works in sort of the same way that Fight Club works, which is like <laughs> ironic. <laughs> I know yeah. it's bizarre, bizarre, but yeah, like Fight Club, the genius of Flight, Fight Club is that it lures you, especially obviously the men in the audience, but it lures you into agreeing with Edward Norton's complaints about how sort of like, dumb and weak he feels like you're just like yeah why like but like all this starbucks bullshit and all this like why do i you know like and like for half the movie yeah like (laughs) idea and all this stuff like whatever happened you know like really having you know know, like being this sort of like real character and blah 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 all this kind of stuff and it pulls you on board and you're like yeah 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 until like by the end of the movie you're like wait what the fuck am i saying yes to like all of a sudden it's like literal skinheads and people getting killed. And these guys are basically Nazis and you have been led down into that path the same way that Edward Norton has. And in this movie, like because of the structure of uh, romantic comedies, like is to side side with the bride. Right. That's the idea is just like, and just like, and then you have, and you have the villain woman who is, you know, who's getting it all. And then, you know, in the end, like she gets hers and you get the guy and all this stuff. And this movie is like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then by the end, you're like, what the fuck is she doing with that fondue fountain? Right. <laughs> like, well, what's gone wrong here? Well, I thought it was brilliant because the fact is, you know, the term like bridesmaids, you, you always expect the bride to be the crazy one. Right. Right. And they actually make that point in a film. Maya Rudolph is the perfect balance of everything, right? Right. She's like, I'm just trying to... Yeah, I got like, shit together. No, she's a good person. She's a good. Trust yeah. me, she's a good person. Like she's right. trying to make everything work. She's, she's the one that's friend. trying to make everything happen and be sweet about it. Right. And she's the one that's like, ah, you know. And it's it's. It, I love yeah. And she's oh yeah. So I mean, wonderful. like when she when she tells uh tells her that she's getting married, and Weeg is like, she's like, yay! It's so great. It's a. I'm a little hot. I'm sweating. I'm sweating a little bit. And like and like you can see that she's having this massive panic attack. Right. And she's like yeah. and like. And then she's saying it's so great, but she's saying it so angrily. And she's like, and she does this awesome gag where she's like, what is happening? (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God, I've been exactly this person. Like where you're just like, I know the appropriate thing is to be happy for my friend, but I am triggered and I'm losing my shit. (laughs) Have you guys experienced that when one of your friends has gotten some big movie deal and you have not gotten it? Yes. (laughs) And just like, this is like the, the yeah. like Kristen Wiig, it, like I like I have definitely multiple times in my life lived the Kristen Wiig lifestyle, you know, and wow. it's a fucking disaster. And it, like, and to get and, like, I'm very blessed to have had people in my life that have helped me come to clarity out of that, you know. Uh, but like, this is like, you know, like dealing with stuff is like, you know, there's actually there's a great video I watched on this thing. It's just like this is this is basically an AA movie. You know, it's just like you got to turn oh, your life away and turn your life around. That's this funny. Way. Okay, that's funny because in the film, obviously, her mom goes to AA and she's right. never even drank alcohol mm-hmm. in her life. Right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. like, because what what she's confronting is this, and I'm, I'm cribbing from a video I saw that this is not original thought, but like, is uh, her own addiction, and like, Kristen Week has an addiction to failure. Uh, that this video pointed out and I was like that is the key to the movie I was just like uh, and I'll, I'll put up a link about this it was a great video but I was just like the it, like her addiction is her failure creates a narrative that uh, makes her the underdog she and, is and known it, well it's a known thing right, right. 
Right. A lot of people who have, who have, I mean, this is not uncommon. A lot of people who are that, who fail like that, they, 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 they it's, they fail because that's what they know how to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then, and then they're utterly puzzled. I have been utterly puzzled. Like, why is all, why did this happen? Well, I don't understand. Success, success to them right. is unknown and therefore right. scary. And so they will jeopardize success to go back to the familiar failure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, I mean, like, and, 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 a, and a version of that, I mean, like, that's you, you should have seen me after I saw when I, when I saw Inside well, Lunatics. Eric? Sorry, Eric. It's very interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting point, but people do that. They yeah. do yes, that. of course they do. Yeah. Because, I do like, that. <laughs> like, like uh, watching, when I came out of uh, Inside Lewin Davis, like, I was a crying mess. I was like, oh, shit. That's what I do. Like, Lewin doesn't realize how he sabotages his own artistic life at every single turn in that movie. And what a character, yeah. every a character, John Goodman even points it out. He's just like, he's just like, you're just going to be looking around going, why am I in this bowl of shit? I didn't make this bowl of shit. Why did this happen to me? It, right. Because you fucking chose it and you choose it every minute of the day. Right. Like that is what's actually happening. And uh, and bridesmaids is a, is a funny version of the same thing, you know, where it's like this is this like this is more of an this is a more important movie than uh you know than any other uh, of its set. Like I love you know like Judd Apatow films are great, and it's nice to recognize that everyone has you know like whatever. But this is forty is very funny and, and all this stuff. But I'm just like this movie in particular, like this is the high point of that entire class. Because mm. it, it, it says something that is not said, which is like your failures with the people you're blaming for your failures may not be the reason for your failures. You know, like look at yourself, turn I, over the I, shit. Actually, I actually say is like, and maybe that's because I'm a guy and that's fine. But, but forgetting Sarah Marshall to me represents that a lot. Yeah, that's, that, I, I completely, I completely agree that that is, that's one of my favorite movies too. And like, like, I think that, uh, that one, like, I, I guess it hits you over to like that exact point that you just made, right. Dan, it, like, yeah. it hits you over the head a little bit. Right smack it in the face like, really it. hard. Exactly. He fucks up. And the fact is like, right through the first is like, he ends up, having sex with her again. Oh God. It's so It was the most worst scene is like, this is not, this oh. is going to be the worst sexual experience you ever right. had. They're kind of angry at each other. They're arguing. Happened, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. What is happening? Because you're doing this. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for, for movies to be that, uh, like to have access to that sort of sense of self-awareness is really, I think it's, I, I don't, I see, almost none of that in film or tv today none of it i think it's all gone right I think, like the, that why innate, i think that we are currently and i think i think this is true for every age group there we is. don't want to offend people well, well it's, it's beyond that it's like <laughs> uh, yeah like i think i think that's part of what happens that's true but i think that really we are uh, in a self celebratory addiction right now Ugh. where every story that we see has to be about a person that is like us only but uh, only great and does the right thing and makes right. all the right choices and we're shows the other people that, they're bad. Right. Like, well, we're looking for people that are like, like a guiding leader of some kind, yeah, right? Exactly. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. That's no, that's I I literally you know, I got a pass from a big studio this week and they're like, well, we're working on something similar to this, but they didn't get the the 
the show I, I put together, and I think you nailed on some of that because it's not that, right? Because yeah, like like people all all people uh, like I mean I think that having a balanced diet of this stuff that includes like because I'm I'm sure I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again for new people. It's the there are movies that make you feel good for being you. you know, like Star Wars makes you feel good for being you. Like it, like that's a movie where like a, a person figures out, like gets confidence, feels good and does the right thing. And you feel great about yourself. Right. That's sort of, that's a self-congratulation. So it's not, there's not a lot of realization going on, but it's a reaffirming what you believe is a style of storytelling that I totally endorse. When you only have that, it starts to get thin. And when you see the other kind of movie, which is like taxi driver, or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or anything that is meant to challenge you and make you look at yourself, it's very upsetting. But the point mm. of these movies is to be upsetting and to have you look at yourself. Like, I watch Bridesmaids, and I'm like, I'm glad that I watched this. This this actually helps me quite a bit, even though the movie is a goddamn disaster, and the main character is basically the villain. Like, that's good for me to see that. And it's healthy for me to watch that in terms of my own, like what the art does for me and what I can use it for in my own life. But right now, I think thanks to a zillion superhero movies, like we're afraid of watching those movies. And the way that people are interpreting movies that are like that uh, is as bad. Like, I mean, you see, like, like I, I, I brought this up before, but there was that review I read of someone watching uh, Blade Runner for the first time and they're like I can't believe that this is celebrated as a as a classic when it's about a racist murdering cop and I'm like there that's you what you took away from it like it's not, it's not about a, a guy who is unconsciously doing terrible things who then realizes that he's been part of the problem and changes his life to make things good for himself and people he loves that's you not missed the whole fucking point yeah exactly yeah I'm just like, oh no, he is a like he has checklist bad guy elements. So he, I hate this person. I was like, what the fuck I is think, that? I think flawed heroes is the best part of filmmaking. Yeah, like yeah. like uh, a self investigation. <laughs> right? Self investigation. It's great to have self celebration. I think that is also very healthy. But you should not consume nothing but that because that's like eating frosting. Well, you know? flaws flaws are what's great. Yes. All the great films are about this. Flaws are flaws are basically what allow people to to be part of it, you know, in, right. in a lot of ways. And so, uh, yeah, I, I flawed flawed characters are are good. That's what makes them approachable, right? Yeah, like because I because the fact that I can identify James Bond is not approachable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. That's a really great point. It's because, not like, real, right? Because like James Bond is a fantasy. And right. like, ob and obviously, like, it, like you can. So James Bond's great because it's been going on for so long. People talk about, well, you know, old James Bond is very sexist and dated, and it is, right? That's because it, uh, the entire time James Bond has been about uh, talking about how fucking awesome James Bond is. That's what James, right. that's the story of James Bond. And as that ages, you're going to go. That's embarrassing. Like. Right. That's that's an embarrassing way to look at myself. And there's been several films that have been like a parody of James Bond as being embarrassing. Right, right. right. And that's why, like, I mean, Daniel Craig is the new Bond. You know, like, they they little bit, they were like, right. we can't keep on going with that. We have to fucking show some flaws in this guy. Otherwise, it's just going to be a disaster. Right. You know? 
And, and, and those are much generally much better films. Austin and, Powers is a parody of James it, Bond and shows exactly. tons of flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the, that is the core element that like, the thing is you do see it more in streaming. Like for instance, Queen's Gambit is a, is a great movie that has a happy ending about a very fucking flawed person, you know, mm. and it's incredibly powerful. And it's uh, and it's designed like it doesn't leave you feeling like shit, but it does make you think really hard about her choices, you know. And therefore, you think about your own choices, like as you can relate to her. But I mean, like I take it as far as like when you see a movie like whatever Taxi Driver, like the fact that I can identify with Travis Bickle at all is uh, like highlights issues in me, like right. that now. Like this is the point of it. Now, obviously, he's well, taking basically to a showing you is like these are things that you need to work on in your life. Yeah, because we're <laughs> we're, yeah, because we're we're showing you the the most extreme version of how fucked up this is, so you notice it in yourself. Right. You know, and like that's because that's what movies do. That we why we do you think we're movie. afraid to talk about that? Because we're afraid we are the villains. Oh my God, we're so polarized right now. Eric. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I know. know. Yeah. Like this, this is how I feel is that when you are, when you, when you are part of, and this is for everybody, this is not picking on young or old or anything like this, but when you are a part of a culture that uh, demands that you put up a false front, uh, egoic version of yourself as an advertisement, say through social media or Mm -hmm. through whatever, you know, where it's just like, this is Dan Thrawn. He's got a shit together and he really knows what's going on. He's a smart artist who does nothing but great stuff and has no problems. And that's Mm -hmm. the, that's what you're advertising to everybody. The distance between that and the actual me is a zillion fucking miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah, you got lots of flaws. Don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah, like, <laughs> we can spend quite a long podcast on that. Flaws. All of us have lots of flaws. Right. And so, like, you, so <laughs> you, like, I put, if I'm, if I, if I curate that and I put that up every single day and I only show the good stuff and I'm putting up this, like, I'm constantly show, advertising myself. And then I'm looking at everybody else as if they are Ellen in Bridesmaids. Like, I'm looking at their, uh, Instagram, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Their social media. I'm just like, yep, oh, that's that a good, good analogy. Just like, yeah, like, oh my god, life is so perfect, and now I have to, and like, so now I, I'm secretly getting more and more and more angry, right? right because, because I'm jealous. Because I'm incredibly jealous. Because I know the yes. distance between me and the false front, yeah. and and when and so I don't want to see a fucking movie that identifies that I have a shameful, embarrassing problem of self hate. Like, I want to see a movie that says, you know what? You're right for kicking that guy's ass. Yeah, you're a good mm. person. And you're really handsome, too. And I go, yeah, that's right. That's me. I'm Captain America. As opposed to right. I watch I watch fucking uh, Chinatown. I'm like, I'm a fucking shithead. And I fucked up my own life. No, Dan, 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 I Eric, like my nose. I like breathing exactly, through my nose. Dan, Dan and Eric, you killed guys, your husband. <laughs> so good. You're you, guys, you guys both have a, a lot of flaws, as do I. And that's the reason I like whoa, whoa, you guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow <laughs> it's, down. It's part of our character. Yeah, well, right. I think I do not have a lot of flaws, and that's my problem. You do. You I do. And that's what I love about you guys. No, no, no. That is exactly I don't uh, think I do, Chris. Yeah. No, you're you are handsome and, and and gentle and kind, and you've never never. I used to do a really good oh, no. Eric Sheely impression. You want to hear my Eric Sheely impression? Oh Christ! Okay, here it is. And it's like, uh, it's like, Eric, I think you're a little bit self conscious. You think I'm too self conscious? It's <laughs> <laughs> me. You're doing an impression of me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but you're, you're no. I, I, you guys are absolutely wonderful people, but you also have huge flaws, and as do I. And that's the thing that I kind of like. That's what makes us approachable. If you guys were idealistic, it wouldn't. We wouldn't have the friendship that they, we have now. There's no way for you for anyone to know right. me to actually know me and not know that I'm a fuck up uh, with a laundry list of bad ideas. Oh yeah, mile you long. do. You do have a lot of bad ideas, and that's so it. do I, and so does Eric. Guaranteed. So you no, also have a no, lot of. No, but you also have wonderful ideas and that's how we've been able to make this work for for as long as we have which is great um i do i do want to tell a story though because it was interesting and it's, it's somewhat related but it, maybe we'll you know diverge a little bit of the conversation i had a I, I got together with um uh or I, I reconnected with a guy named ryan laney uh, who I used to work with at DD, and he was a, a TD at, at, at DD back in the day on Day After Tomorrow, actually, which is a film that next week, by the way, next week we will be doing a watch party on Day After watch Tomorrow. Party. Watch party. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So um, check that out. Anyway, when I went got together with, uh, with, with Ryan and, and we were chatting, Ryan's been doing some very interesting work. What he's done more recently is uh, uh, he has been working on, and he doesn't use the term deep fakes, but it's similar technology to deep fakes. Mm -hmm. And what he's been doing is there's a documentary on HBO that's called A Welcome to Chechnya. And if you guys have not seen it, definitely watch it. it. You've never heard of it? No. Okay. So Eric and Dan and everyone in chat watched this documentary called Welcome to Chechnya. A new assignment. And it's very important that you guys see it. The film is basically about the LGBT community in Chechnya that is ostracized for being gay. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're, they're tortured and uh, they, they, they encourage like family killings, et cetera, et cetera, of people that are gay. And there's All basically right. an underground, um, underground railroad system that tries to get them out of Chechnya and they end up going to Moscow to do that do so and so they end up in the safe house somehow and they try to get their lives together so they do they did this documentary about it specifically and ryan um they were trying to figure out a way to hide the identity of these people mm -hmm. to safeguard them right and apparently uh they uh they were going to do a little you know lots of different techniques they're going to try and they tried to do you know like pixelated faces thing mm -hmm. um uh several problems with it apparently you can undo pixelated faces pretty easily no shit yeah Jesus. wow uh, and also the other thing is that um uh uh you can't see the person's emotions through that process right, right. Mm. and so uh they tried to do some scanner darkly type effect but basically it was hard to figure that out so what they did is they essentially did uh uh what you know the deep similar fake. technology that are deep fakes but they don't use the term deep fakes because deep fakes unfortunately has a connotation of uh people doing it without people's consent yep. which is what they use so they they it's similar idea right so they have one some some person's face and another person's face they put on top so there's people that are in new york that they use as the the target face <laughs> right mm -hmm that basically act as human shields to protect the other people. Oh, that's crazy. That's right? really and so they don't even what do they do? The say that again. They have people in New York that they use as the mask to put on to the person that's in reality. Right. And, huh. and, and, and so they, they're able to see the people, you can see all their expressions, you can see their emotions, but the face is completely changed. 
because of the technology, but they don't even try to hide it. They put little blurry lines around their head so you can actually right. know that this is a, a mask in right. some ways, right? And it's brilliant what he's doing. And so they're able to do that. And this is the best way that they can do to protect these people's identity. That's wild. And now uh, Ryan has sort of developed this and he's now made a, his own company and working on and now that because this has become a reality, there are now other documentaries are being made about human trafficking and other things oh, wow, that wow, he's doing right, to protect right. these people. Right? right. And it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, Sorry to absolutely. go down this rabbit hole. No, it's amazing. That's great, but, though. But sure. during this and and this this episode of uh, of CG Garage is going to come out in, in a few weeks, and I'd highly highly recommend you guys listen to Ryan Laney. Uh, it's going to be really good, <laughs> really good. But he mentioned something very interesting, and in the thing was just about the technology, right? He said basically, you feed the system. It's you know basically you have an a uh, you have a, a source and a target, source and a target, and you keep training the, the 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 machine learning to understand one, and so it can associate one with the other, right? Uh, and which is how that those how machine learning works. Mm -hmm. But if you feed it something that it's never seen before, <laughs> right, right, it fails miserably. <laughs> Yeah, it right. has no idea how exactly. to solve sure. the problem. That's right. Okay. It's, it's like it's like I don't know what the fuck's going on here, yeah, and it right. fails miserably. Which makes sense because it's never seen a condition that it, which it can can that that makes sense to it. Mm -hmm. And the way that Ryan described it, and the way that we discussed it on the podcast, we basically associated this with social media. <laughs> right. You have been fed a certain kind of information for so long. Right. You as a person have been trained intellectually to only mm. understand that process. Yeah, you see and if you see someone else, if someone who's been yeah. watching Fox News forever listens yeah. to someone who's only been listening you know, right. to CNN forever – they're never going to understand how the fuck someone could ever understand the other person. It's right. just, you're going to be given some piece of information and go, it makes no sense. Right. That, and that's, that's why, not a profitable model. That, that is <laughs> why those, that people hate each other and they never actually listen to each other because they right. haven't had the opportunity to hear the other point of view. Yeah, because this is that is entirely We're trained based on, on that system. That entire thing exploits a uh, a known uh, uh, flaw in the human mind, uh, which is that we we automatically uh, uh, sort of cartoonize other people in our mind, right? Hmm. And uh, and we do this. I mean, we do this for so that we can like lead uncomplicated mental lives because there's a lot of information to and it's you know, like if you're if you're trying to like group what like dangerous things versus non-dangerous things your brain needs to sort of like be able to make a big red circle about stuff and then say don't do this this is bad don't go walk down dark alleys you know no matter how good the bar looks don't go down there um but the uh the 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 reinforcement we get of like if we are in a debate with somebody and we disagree with them like we then make an enormous amount of assumptions about the rest of their life, which we have no information about at all. Right. And then we start acting as if they are that as opposed to an, an actual individual with yes. family and lives and other, you know, like all this stuff. Right. And, uh, and so we start reacting as if they are a sort of a dehumanized cartoon of that person. Right. And because we start acting that way, 
we start to appear and feed into that person's cartoon image of us. Right. Right. And uh, if uh, I've just read two uh, Umberto Eco, Eco books back to back, Name of the Rose and Foucault's Pendulum. Mm-hmm. And both of these books are essentially about how we uh, like we create our own enemies. Like mm-hmm. uh, where and there's a line from in the name of the, uh, the name of the rose when um, uh, uh, the more they because it takes place you know monks in the 1400s right and they do like they deal with with the Inquisition and and the Inquisition what a show after, what a show right going after <laughs> heretics and uh, and murdering heretics and uh, and the main character um, says the more I the more I see of this the more I think the Inquisition uh, creates heretics because people in response to the what they see as the injustice of the inquisition indulge in the heresies of which right. they are accused right and, uh, and and it creates a feedback loop and once yes. you have that once you have that feedback loop established that's bad enough cuz we'll do that automatically yes. but once you have that and then you build a business model on top of it the way that deplorables. Facebook has. The deplorables. The deplorables. Like once <laughs> once you do that and you're just like, okay, so we're gonna use algorithms to separate you guys into fighting groups that will then shake out lots of money because of ads, yep. like they're not gonna stop doing that ever. Yep. Like, at all. And we're go- we're going to encourage you to uh, tow a, a, a harder and harder moral line and represent yourself as a more and more noble person who would never do those bad things the other yep. side does. And the more you do that, the harder it is this comes back to bridesmaids. The harder it is for you to keep up with the image of self that you are projecting, right. and it mm. makes you an angrier and likely more violent person. Right. Like that's what's happening right now. And like, there's, I mean, I can talk great about social media all day on all sorts of other fronts, but this one particular mechanism doesn't have to be this way. And it is the business model of Twitter. It's the business model of Facebook. It's the business model of Instagram. It's the business model of everything. And if you can just quickly, again, just, just recap that for me, just so it can it hit home. And I'm sorry if I'm asking you just, you're basically saying that feedback loop, that perception we have or that we feed ourselves right. is what... Like, like we, like we are like, the thing is, I mean, like, you know, I have people who know me know that I have a very strong, very left-wing feelings about everything. Right. Um, but, uh, that like, that is an aspect of me. You do not actually know me. You need to have a dialogue with me to start to actually know me. Like you wouldn't be able to look, look at a checklist. Yep. Right. And understand who I am by for whom I have voted or anything. Right. Um, and likewise, like I'm not able to do that with other people. But if I, if I look at somebody and say like, ah, oh, they do the thing, which we have all agreed is bad. And now I will, I will demonize them and tell everyone that these are awful people. Uh, and I will, I will not give them any empathy or quarter or uh, allow any dialogue to begin with them. Then the problems, I mean, and these people have met, like, for instance, say Trump supporters who have terrible ideas that are very like all sorts of cruel and bad shit. But once you go, once you start going, I am not going to even allow myself to have a dialogue with you that even remotely sounds human. Then, then you've lost. For, then you've lost, and you're yeah. reinforcing the thing that you yeah. say you're against. You know, I'll t- I'll tell you what. There was a really interesting. So so I, I follow a lot of strange YouTube channels, but there is this one this one guy. 
uh, I don't know what his name is or name is YouTube, but he does true facts about animals and it's quite funny what he does. Like he do true facts about chameleons uh, and, you know, a bunch of different things, but he does right. a bunch of other videos. And one of them he did was uh, because he's, he's really, because he's mostly about animals. Right. Uh, he's also does a bunch of conservation videos uh, of some kind and they're funny and good. And there's one specific one he did about a guy who is like uh, uh, an adamant uh, uh, conservationist about bats, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he talks about like, oh, there's these bats that lives in this area and they're endangered, et cetera, et cetera. And here's what's happening. Like this, you know, in Indonesia, fruit bats are being you know, captured and killed, et cetera, et cetera, right? By these poachers, as an example, right? And so what did the guy do, the conservationist? Mm -hmm. He became friends with the poachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, and exactly. that's you're not going to tell the poachers they're doing something wrong. Right. You become friends with them, understand why they're doing what they're yeah, doing. What, what, are, what are the they, mechanisms in place? And help them like, why, oh, okay, that's why you're doing. It. You don't actually right. hate the bats. You have other things. Okay, what if we could right. find something else for you to do? What it is, and then suddenly they by becoming friends, they yeah. can have a conversation at least. Right. As that opposed to saying, like, you're killing bats. Like, that's not going to help. I feel like that's, that's been the big problem in America, too. Of course. People who dislike Trump. And, you know, I've just known about Trump since, you know, the 80s. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm only catching up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, what big surprise. He's a cuckoo bird. Yeah. So instead of getting hysterical, you know, in demonizing other people, like you know, people on CNN do. It's just like, just because like, they're they're have, have a dialogue. Tickets, right? I know, but it's a dialogue, right, right. and it would be healthier. Right. And you, you, like you said, Chris, you want to talk to the poachers. Right. Uh, to demonize right. them doesn't get you anywhere. And, is, and this does not right. mean that like I am in any way conceding towards dumb ideas. I'm not like saying maybe a little racism is fine. Like. No. Well, that's, it really depends. That's not, like, just a little bit. You know, we, we can meet in the well, middle on this. Well, no, no, what you need to like, understand, you need to understand is how, why, how those people became racist. Like, why what is happening racist? that you right. are making these bad choices? I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Like, you know, there is, I, I think I told you guys about the, the documentary I did where I was like hanging out in a trailer park in, 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 in Northwest uh, yeah. Texas, uh, Northeast mm -hmm. Texas, right? right. And, and I was hanging, and the guy was, you know, total redneck and I, right. I, you know I, you know that's a condescending term but you know he lived you know he lived in a trailer park etc he's a brilliant guy i really liked him right? right but he definitely had he said racist things yeah some backwards right? ass stupid stuff right, right. and there was other people like there you know he used he used the n-word quite a bit etc yeah, etc right awful. And, and 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 it was like okay but i didn't try to correct him i didn't try to like say you're an idiot you're a racist right i just wanted to understand his point of view and by the way he wasn't completely the way you think just because he right. said the things he did doesn't necessarily mean and i'm not saying he should be forgiven for it but it wasn't he had more to offer than beyond the things he said right, right? like for, mm -hmm. forgiveness doesn't come into the argument on this right it's so, not like, about, yeah like, like, exactly. This, like this, this person who is saying, problem, right? Because right. because I continue to hang out with him doesn't mean I'm excusing his racism. Right. That is something that is very I, important. Like, like I'm like I I think it's like I think it's appropriate to say like listen you know when you talk like that that's it really upsets me and like I think that means like but but you can see how I'm saying it. like I'm not saying like no, no I didn't blah, even blah, say blah, that blah. I didn't I'm even saying, say no, that I mean to say like I think it's I think it's totally however people want to 
I was making a documentary film, so right. that's I think without actually my out. When you're doing a documentary film, you don't want to correct just, someone's personality. Yeah, you just want to let them be themselves. Right. <laughs> right. Like you're not like yeah, you're making not making a documentary and going. Excuse me, that was very offensive. You're like I'm recording this, and then we're going to make a movie out of it. Just right. to let you know, we're filming you right now. Right. And, and then you let them talk. Well, and then well it's interesting. For example, like like he told me like like you know for example he although he said some racist things etc cetera, etc cetera, like he said like yeah there's this n-word guy right. <laughs> old, right. old old n-word guy right. who i met he's a really cool person right, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is we're and, like what the fuck like i mean you're in your mind you're like and he's like and he's gonna help me he's gonna help me. he works for a law firm in in right. uh in in, in houston right. and he's gonna help me with my my lawsuit against my company and he's gonna come over to the house and i was like and here comes this. What? what old, first of all, I gotta tell you, like I'm in, I'm in Crosby, Texas. This is where it was, and 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 then the the guy who I'm with, who's probably you know in his in his late twenties, right. welcomes this old black guy who comes in, who's kind of in his eighties, right. right? And the guy works as a clerk in a law firm in New York, uh, in 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 Houston, and he's and he said. Let me put you in touch with my law firm because basically the guy who I was doing documentary on had uh, gotten into an accident at work where he got third degree burns on his arms and he was right. going to sue his company oh. for 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 damages, right? right? And so this old black guy was going to help him right. find a lawyer to do his thing, and he's like, the black guy was like, I am going to get some, you know, help help this guy find a, a thing, and then I'm going to get some props from my legal counsel from the company that I work for, right? right? And I and I filmed I filmed this conversation that they were having, and he was on the phone with a lawyer, and this whole thing it was fascinating. And uh, and the guy, the the old black guy, stuck around, mm -hmm. and they started. The two of them were starting chatting, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the guy who used the n word, right. old twenty guys, who was like told me about what he thinks about black people, and the old guy, and they were totally connecting on history, yeah, history. Yeah, exactly. How long a history have you lived in Crosby? Right. I was like. Yeah. My family's lived here since the slaves, right? And he was talking about, and he was like talking about how, like he was, he was only two generations behind slavehood, right? And it was like, oh That's shit! Crazy. And right. he was talking about like back then, and he was telling us the story about what it was like to be in that area and Louisiana and the right. plantations and all. And it was yeah. like, it was, it was. Suddenly, yeah, I felt so close to someone who was connected right. to slavery, right? Well, yeah, because like the, and and the like, and the holy shit! Like, I mean, yeah, it's just like the, the and, 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 and and the guy, uh, the, the 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 white guy, who was like, "That's amazing!" And they were totally connecting yeah, right. and bonding over this experience and right. having a beer together, right. and and it's like. All of it goes away. Like you just right. gotta sit down and talk to someone. Right. I mean, because like, I, I think it's fair. I mean, like the thing is, I mean, like people can say you should be able to stand in the in, like in the presence of someone who is saying something like really offensive to you, right? Right. And just go, okay, well, if they knew that I was being hurt by this, they would probably not say it the way they're saying it. Like, right. like I have to, I, I have to believe in the basic goodness of people that this is not a, an arch villain in a comic book, but rather there are, there are some majorly faulty broken reasoning or bad or the way they're raised or whatever the fuck has what led up to this moment that they said this shit to me that is hurtful. Like, right. and if I can't come at it with that much empathy, then I should stop having the that's conversation. The, that's the word, uh, Dan, empathy. <sighs> 
Like, it, may, it doesn't empathy, mean I'm not offended. Empathy, it doesn't mean I'm not hurt. I'm just and saying. Empathy, that I think we have to realize, like, empathy is the ability to put yourself in the other person's shoes right. and understand their point of view. Right. Because and, never, and, if you're yeah. going to explain to them why that hurt you, why that hurt, like if I'm going to explain to someone why that hurt my feelings or why I think that was hurtful to someone I care about, that, then yeah. I need to be able to explain that to them, which is not going to be possible if I'm screaming it at them. Right. Like, no, they're not going to if, you, if you want to gain their, if you want to gain their empathy, like, you have to give it to the, uh, right. give it, give them, a story that they can empathize right. with. <laughs> and if you, and if you, exactly. And the thing is like, if I'm not able to do that, which is totally understandable, if I'm not, if I'm enraged because right. someone has said something incredibly offensive to me or hurtful to people I care about or hurtful in general, then I just, I can't fucking face it today. Then it is my responsibility to not make that situation worse by screaming in their face. You, you, you just go, I'm listen, I'm just getting mad. And I'm, I don't want to talk about this right now. And you back out of that scene without, continuing to reinforce their vision of the world right like and you come back when you can do it again not i can't do that every day like no one can but it is your it is, i feel it's my responsibility to like i engage people all the time i mean there's people that see me on facebook like i mean like i do not unfriend people because they have political beliefs that are different from mine i don't unfriend them if they've said offensive shit like I rather stay friends with them on Facebook because I look at their Facebook page and I can see the shit that they're reading that I know is wrong. Like this is what they're consuming and they believe to be true. Right. Right. And so I can, I can get a window into why they're thinking some, yes. a, a way. So when I, exactly. them, Tra- like, I can, like I said, training the machine to right. realize that this is a different point of view. Yeah. And so like when right. I, and when I talk to them, I'm not just going like, I can't believe you're such a fucking moron. Now I can understand why they've made such bad decisions. Yeah, they say the same thing about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 You know, and like, because like people, people will, I'm sure like me, I'm, Sure, I have, I have conservative friends for sure from the visual effects because there's actually a lot of conservatives in the visual effects industry. Yeah, and really? the oh yeah, without a doubt. Oh yeah, and the uh, and like they uh, and they are like they put they put up with me, like they're just like oh Dan and it's crazy. Well, what's actually interesting is. is conservative people in the visual effects industry are minority, and so they're the conservative people in the visual effects industry sometimes <laughs> have a better balance of view because they constantly hear the other side. Right. And the thing is like, I noticed like liberal people in Texas were also very balanced because they're constantly hearing conservative point of view. Right. Mm. And so when I came to California from Texas, liberals here sounded more insane. Yeah, man, I've, seen, I've heard some crazy shit. I've because heard, like, like, what the fuck are you? And they're like, everyone in Texas is a bunch of fucking murderers. I was like, yeah, right. what the hell are you talking about? Well, I mean, like, my, my, like, greatest, you know? my greatest concern is that, especially for the past four years, but really hiding the past two years, is that I, I, I know personally, like, I personally know that people that I am talking to are like, le- this are super liberal, uh, like, you know, li- very liberal people that are against Trump. And these are good people that I know well, and they have said things on social media that are vile, like really right. cruel, like mindlessly cruel and absolutely lacking any empathy whatsoever. Right. Because they have put themselves in a position of seeing anybody in a certain group as a uh as as a pure as an orc from lord of the rings you know and this basic mechanism is what they are accusing those people of right you know and i'm just like like 
how do you expect to solve this problem? Like that, that's my key question. It's just like, if you are not willing to try to calm this dialogue down so you can understand each other and actually talk about the things that you're concerned about, if you're not willing to do that, what do you want to do with half the country? Right. Like, what yeah. do you want to do about these people? Because you're not doing anything to, to sway them the other way. Like you're only making them more like the thing you hate, yep. you know? And like, that is why I think that, and this is like, and I know people have accused me of what about is and all this stuff. Like what I'm, what I'm saying is like, you know, yeah, is, don't refer to them as the flyover States either. Yeah. You know? Like, like I'm not, <laughs> I am not, I am not saying, uh, don't confront people. I'm not saying like, Oh, find a compromise. I'm just saying, don't lose your shit and treat people like cartoons because that makes things worse. And if yep. you can't do it back out, that's all. I mean, yep. stay there, state what you believe in nonviolently and have a dialogue as calmly as you can with the people you feel are making real moral, cruel mistakes because there are a lot of them. Right. right. And they have convinced they have, they're a part of like, and with in turn concerns Trump, like Trump is a megalomaniacal leader who has given them every possible excuse to become heretics. Right. So we should not become the inquisition to reinforce mm. that concept. Like if you, we need to, we need to think of this as a disease and you, you don't solve a disease by murdering everybody who is sick. Like you solve a disease by helping and curing people of this fucking broken ass mindset because it is hurting people. And if you can't do that, if you can't be part of the, of that cure in a empathic and human way, then back off. That's okay. It's understandable, but back off. And that's why a movie is like, I know it's weird to connect this to bridesmaids, but bridesmaids is part of a breed of movies that uh, teaches you to, that has the agenda behind it to say like, what if we looked at ourselves and we could, you know, like there are people that we see in our lives as villains and they may be doing terrible, bad things. But if I look within myself and see that I have made similar mistakes, even though they may not be as bad, I can start to have a dialogue with these people and calm that shit down. Like self-investigative art is the most important art there is. Like that's art that saves lives to me. And mm -hmm. that's and because I think that this kind of stuff, like I'm sure people heard that, you know, the story that you told Chris, and it was just like, you know, I would have just been out of there. I wouldn't even talk to that guy. Like, well, then you'd be missing out. I, miss on, out, I missed out on the whole other story. I, I missed out on the opportunity to make right. a connection that would be healing yeah. and maybe end up with the, like the way in which this guy is hurtful stops being an issue for yeah. all, for everyone. And Martin yeah. Luther King didn't hate people. Oh, God, Gandhi yeah. I mean, didn't I mean, hate people. Yeah, exactly. Gandhi made the connection to make it work. Martin right. Luther King made the connection to make it work. Right. right? He didn't right. go in there going, those guys are villains. Right. Exactly. He because said, like, right. you know, because like if you talk about it, I mean, like, and uh, take it to take it all the way to the World War II Hitler experience, right? Because everyone goes to Hitler at the end of this. Like <laughs> yeah, it always becomes Hitler. Like everyone's just like, well, you know, when you end up with someone like Hitler, there's only this one thing to do. I'm like, you know what, you're right. Like, there's no like convincing Hitler, there's no convincing the Nazis. Like once you end up with the Nazis, like you're really fucking stuck. Like, right. like that's, and, and we're, and we are like, we're all, we're almost there. We're there. We're there. We're there. We're there. Like, we can't do it without Trump. Yeah. You like this today or right. today, yesterday. Like, <laughs> like this is how, like right now like, they we're on the verge of that. And the thing is, mm -hmm. but the thing is like what the mistake that people are making, I believe, and this is just my opinion, but the mistake people are making is to think that the Nazis just came out of the fucking blue. 
Like they didn't. Nazis came. Yeah. Now, the reason why Nazis became a popular and vile and evil response um, for the German people is because they were swayed into radical racism and, and murder uh, is because they had been absolutely economically devastated by right. the Treaty of Versailles and the end of World War One, which was so fucking punitive, it's, so destructive. Yeah, it was vindictive. It was it's vindictive. so vindictive and it was so cruel that it devastated devastated them entirely and mm-hmm. and they cre- and it cr- created room for ideologues like Hitler and others who were able to step in and say like it wasn't even fair that we were treated like that Germany used to be something right and you and they go off in their fucking thing and here you have these these starving fucking people who are incredibly embittered and this guy comes along and sells them a fucking tail like Trump and whips them up into a furor Right. Mm-hmm. And so I like the way you, the fear. Yeah. Like this is like, this is what this is. So that's how you end up with the Nazis. The way to have stopped the Nazis, right? When you get to World War II, there's no stopping the Nazis, but shooting them. That's what happened. Like there wasn't yeah. a way out of it. That's where we were at. And sometimes it gets to that. The fact is, the way to stop it was to not vindictively and inhumanly punish people for being a part of a disaster like World War I. Like that mm. was unbelievably cruel, and that cruelty led to the writ of an attack of cruelty back at empathy. 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 empathy would have stopped it. Now, obviously, it's way more complicated than that. People who know way more about history than you can correct me on all sorts of stuff. But the right. through line is if we had been able to show empathy at a core moment in history, Right. It would have it would have been turned a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And I and I and I know that's true because the way we ended World War Two was totally different because when we went into world uh, after World War Two, you better believe we fucking went in with empathy after that with yeah. in, with Japan and with Germany, everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And we invested economically everywhere and we yeah. made sure that everyone was fucking uh, getting schooling and everything's and... going to be fine. Yeah, because and they turned out to be very successful. <laughs> yes, and, that, like, and, and the thing is, I mean, like, when Japan is a major trading partner, completely right. successful. They're back on their feet. And, well, they like, also uh, within years. After, that was the big thing MacArthur did was to show respect for the, for the Japanese people, absolutely. and right. uh, that was a big thing uh, right. that he pushed. Right, and this is sure. that's, and by by having the courage of empathy, when especially after people that you have known have been murdered by people like, and going in there and saying, I know that you have like your country has literally killed my friends and I've seen it happen. And I'm still going to go in and say, we're going to help you reconstruct this. Like doing that is what led to peace. Like with Gandhi, that's what le- like by saying like, listen, we're just not going to do this. Like we're like, we are going to like, this is a hunger strike. This is a bit like, this is about, salt and the British Empire and all this other stuff but we're not going to simply fight back and kill you like we're going to show you this is not even an option anymore like with MLK who's like, like should be and like everyone's hero in America like like that dude it's not like he didn't get pissed of course he got pissed you know but he knew that the way through was it's corny to say it but the way through is love and empathy as hard as that is, that's what works. That's why the Roman Empire was upset by people like the perhaps fictional Jesus Christ. Like, that's mm. what works. And all of that starts when you are practicing things like art, even on a day-to-day basis, is don't look for art that fucking jerks you off. 
Look for art that challenges you and asks you, what are you, what are you doing in your heart to make the world better? What have you done wrong? What, what mistakes have you made that have hurt people? Like, that's what that shit's about. And that's what really actually helps. Well, I'm so going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. This has taken a completely different turn than I thought that bridesmaids and women <laughs> on the verge of a nervous breakdown would, would, have, would have taken. Uh, and I appreciate it. And that is what you get with the martini giant experience, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I do, I do want to sort of, you know, we need to sort of uh, bring, bring, uh, bring the ship into harbor, uh, as they say, and coming to bend around the jetty. Uh, because uh, I'm always going to have something that involves nautical terms at this point. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, I love when you go nautical. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a big yeah. deal. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice touch. Uh, but but we 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 got to bring this in, and it's time to 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 to, to you know to to, to set up uh, and and park this park this boat. Let's park, park this park. boat, okay, baby doll. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, okay. First of all, did you guys? enjoy this conversation i don't know it was mostly jason and alan that had been on this couple other people yeah, you guys are very patient i appreciate it i know it's patient. not all for that stuff all the time yeah. you guys are you went on a, you went on it and it was almost like you were drinking but it yeah. was a great <laughs> bender yeah i yeah. actually yeah. i learned I a lot i always yeah. no it's i very, very patient, and very I, kind, I really yeah. love uh when you go on those and i know chris is you know no. He just wants to stop it. He doesn't want to. I, you know, I do want to say, first. for everyone who is made mad by what I said, please feel free to uh, uh, tweet about this and talk to me about oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. And, see, know, like, we, we'll see, we actually had, we had a smaller audience today, but I think it's just, you know, it was a different weekend and it's Mother's Day's weekend is coming up as well. Uh, so who knows? I thought, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I will actually, you know, I was, I was going to go fishing tomorrow, but oh, I no. don't think it's a good idea to go it's, fishing on Mother's it's Day. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. saying. But I'm definitely going to go on Monday because Monday is actually the tide is going to work out pretty good. That's perfect. Uh, That's to good. Do that. That's nice. Um, anyway, so, but, uh, we, uh, we are, we are kind of, uh, wrapping it in. I think our next watch party will be, uh, uh, the day after tomorrow, I do want to bring up. I brought it up in our in our in our Slack, guys. Uh, Iron Sky as a oh, talking about Nazis. Yes, Iron Sky. Yeah. Iron Sky is available on Amazon Prime, and I think that would be a really good watch party. I, I, I as long as Hitler gets the shit beat out of him, I'm in. <laughs> do, you know, do you guys know the story of Iron Sky? Uh, no. Eric, do you know it? This is the, okay. It's a sci-fi film. Hitler on the moon, right? It's it's the Nazi the Nazis has a secret base on the dark side of the moon that no one knows about. And they basically grew up on the dark side of the moon and then they finally decided it's time to go back to Earth and invade. But they've been stuck in the nineteen forties and they like invade uh Earth as Nazis. This is amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a German film? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. What's the one where there was Nazis on a ski slope? Nazis. I think that's Nazis on a ski scope, right? There's not a metaphor. <laughs> no, there was a thing like these zombie Nazis. Oh yeah, uh, they, they've made a couple of zombie Nazis. There's uh, Dead Snow, right? There's a couple that's of it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I know. It's fun. Movies. That's this way. My my favorite anti-Nazi movie, and it's always fun to see a good anti-Nazi movie, is Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's nothing that beats Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh that's my god! Like, yeah, not, Nazis are yeah. Not head Speaking of Germans, like whenever I would put on some fake German accents, like, oh my God, you're talking like 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, <laughs> no, stop no. with the Indiana Jones version of Germans. Like, oh, I know. I mean, I, please, please. <laughs> I like it. in the. See, that's where I think a cartoon version of bad guys is appropriate. Indiana Jones. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Cartoon versions of villains. I think that is wonderful. And there's nothing like seeing a uh, a giant Nazi guy with a bad mustache be backed into a spinning plane rotor. Right. <laughs> Just one of the golden moments in that film. Uh, no no uh, bad feelings. Yeah. That's what movies are for. I, uh, anyway, so, so the, a couple of watch parties ideas, uh, is always welcome. So please let us know what the watch party ideas are. Mm-hmm. Watch parties have been a blast, honestly no, speaking. Yeah. You, you don't get to hear us rant about politics on them as much because we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> right. So, so that's a good thing. Uh, so please let us know any recommendations for the watch parties. We'll always love to have them. Um, we are also working, uh, actually quite a lot, uh, and it'll be, you know, coming up in the next several weeks, you will see Martini giant, we're calling it Martini giant 2.0 where we're a uh, new website, new things happening, uh, our stores happening. Uh, uh, we've actually started our own LLC. So we'll be able to, uh, uh, you know, monetize a little bit and, 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 and sell some, some stuff to you guys. And we'd love to, to have your ideas. If you have ideas of stuff you want, let us know and we will put them in the store, especially all of our, our big fans. We will make things for you guys uh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that's a big thing. And if you guys want to hear about, you know, actual podcast episodes where we talk about the things that we do, um, please, please let us know um, what we what you want to hear about, because we want to we want to include you guys and all this stuff. And we will definitely honor them uh, because that's what we want to make Absolutely. sure happens as well. Absolutely. And you can reach us, of course, on Twitter. We're very interactive on Twitter at Martini Giant. And you can mm-hmm. hit us up at Instagram at uh, martini underscore giant and, and our you twitch can, account is a uh, martini underscore giant on uh, martini giant as well uh, uh, on yes, twitch uh, as well twitch.tv backslash martini underscore giant and mm-hmm. you can uh mail us directly at podcast at martini giant.com please check out the website because it will be changing uh relatively soon next couple of weeks uh mm-hmm. let us know uh, feedback uh, on next that. week yeah next week. my guess is next, next week. week it's going to be next changing week. yeah let us know what you think about I, that yeah. any any thoughts you have um and uh and please join us next week because next week on uh on uh, the watch party we're going to be doing uh the day after tomorrow which chris has a lot of good juicy tidbits about the actual yeah day. it's going to be a dish fest let's just put it that way <laughs> it should be awfully fun <laughs> yeah so uh definitely check us out uh on that stuff it was it was the first film i ever worked on i was like what the f- Fuck. This is a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stories going yeah, on, and I figured, he's like, yep, I might as well just let them all, let them all out. I, you know yeah. what? I should, I should, I should let Scott Ross know that we're going to do that, and he should be yeah. part of the Twitch party. Oh, dude, can you imagine? Yeah, you I think if Scott Ross that. was part of the Twitch party, oh my we god, like that. we like that plan. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Scott would have a blast. No one dishes like Scott. Oh, what if I get, what, if I could get Scott on it? He was like, I oh think he's God. awesome guy, man. Oh, I love he, he's, you know, he's just, it, his, he's seen some great stuff musically too. Incredible, incredible guy. <laughs> I, I should so call him. I should call him. Can, can we get, can we get him on as a, uh, as a video feed? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. like, Special what, Scott what, if I, what if I just got Scott Ross on? Because. <laughs> I, I mean, as long as we can do like at least a I half hour on, a couple on of years. Henry. There's been a bit of there's been a bit of weird blood between 
uh, Scott and THU. Uh, and so uh, we've kind of fallen apart a little bit in that way, but I haven't talked to him and I was like, maybe I should just get him on. It's like, Hey Scott, we're going to yeah. do some total dishing on day after tomorrow. I came in, like I started working at DD basically just at the tail end of that giant ball of flame. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be tremendous perspective from my, uh, from my point of view. I'm really excited to finally fill in that gap with my history. I, I, I just told this one story. Uh, I'm not, not going to give any, you know, it's not going to give it to me, but there was a certain situation where things were so bad where Fox, I believe Fox was the, the, the studio for it they were coming by were like like there were gonna there was gonna be lawsuits big executives were coming by like what's going on with blah 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 blah, blah. and while this is happening because no one was making any decisions that made any sense a right. bunch of the artists were out in the parking lot and i'm talking like 15 of them mm -hmm. hacky sack <laughs> yeah <laughs> where the 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 executives like Get the fuck back into the building. Don't play hacky sack in a parking doing? lot. <laughs> That's so good, dude. So good. The executive Fox is coming by. If they see a bunch of people playing hacky sack, they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. I, just, uh, just off of that, I just want to let you know that you did not know it about me, but I was a world-class hacky sack player. I may have been in that circle. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't, wouldn't surprise well, me. I may have been one of the instigators. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're a big hippie, so that makes sense. That's true. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this mess. Good God, that's yeah. it. You're a big hippie. Wow. Well, yeah. Here, here, my my big rant today, and look at my look at my face, and tell me that that is not true. Yeah, that is, of sack. course I play hacky sack. Oh, of course you play hacky sack. <laughs> you fucking communist. Yeah. <laughs> probably wear some, you know, uh, uh, potato sack as a shirt at the time, yeah. right? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, some still socks and all that other <laughs> <Exactly>. crap. <laughs> obviously, obviously true. Obviously. Yeah. The Dan abides. What can you do? That's how we go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so yes, please. Ideas uh, are always welcome. Let us know. Put them up there, um, uh, and and we'll we'll be we'll be up there. And uh, we are going to start probably by the time we do this, uh, we may uh, put ad breaks in these podcasts for a couple reasons. One to make money, and two uh, so that I can use the restroom because I've just gotten two beers in and i really need to yeah, three hours. <laughs> it is kind of sad it's like i've drank in two beers over three hours we gotta start wearing astronaut suits if we're gonna wear this long this is pretty uh, serious yeah, yeah how long has it been three hours three hours no yeah, yeah. coffee I'm i feel out. like i didn't really talk that much on this one but it's fine you can really feeling I was, uh, was fitting in. Dan, Dan, Dan had things to say. I got to say, got some stuff off my chest. I apologize to everybody for doing a little. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan had to get you some know. things off his chest. But you know uh, what I was doing when he was talking? No, I fixed. I fixed the website. Yay! Yay! That's the best. So See, when we're off, I want, I want to show you something. All right, yeah. all right. So I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap it up. I'm. We're gonna do our our, our, our normal sign off, and then I'm gonna turn off the thing, and then you, uh, the three of us, can can chat for a second to to go over business stuff. All right, Are you guys, ready? Okay. Yes. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.